All right. One, two, three. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> well, well, well. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Aaron. My name is Daniel. And today we are joined by a man who needs no introduction. He is to us. Well, actually to some, he needs an introduction. It is Mr. Albert Fuentes. Uh, Mr. Fuentes is a, a teacher. He was our old teacher. He was. At a Cleveland High School. He Humanities was a magnet. Yes. Um, he teaches uh, many subjects, which we'll all get into. But Mr. Fuentes, introduce yourself. How are you doing today? Hello. Good morning. Thank you for having me over, boys. It's nice to see you. Um, I mean, it's nice to have some human interaction after the, uh, the past year. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm very happy to be here and uh, excited to talk some, uh, some stories. Perfect. Cool, cool. All right. You want to start, Aaron? We're just going to get right into it. So just, Mr. Fuentes, uh, just give the audience some background on uh, who you are, what you've been up to, how's your summer going? Sure, sure. Okay, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Albert Fuentes. I'm a, a teacher in LAUSD, specifically at Cleveland High School in the Humanities Magnet Program. I've been teaching for about eight years now, and um, I love it. Uh, I was lucky enough to get into a job that I thoroughly enjoy, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, in that sense, it doesn't even feel like work. Mm -hmm, uh, yeah. And, you know, had you two as students, which is kind of a trip now. To that see is true. Like it's crazy. Men. Yeah. Uh, we, we I mean, I'm not really a man. You know, I'm not really. I don't think I matured uh, these <laughs> past two years. <laughs> you had a bar mitzvah. You're a man. I did. I did. You, you had a bar mitzvah, and in the eyes of the law, you're a man. So. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like I tell all the students. You turn 18, you go to county, not juvie anymore. Yeah. So watch out. Yeah, I've been there. That's uh, crazy to be 20. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. I just I just think about it. I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm 20 years old. You're in your 20s. I had, like, an existential crisis the other day. I was biking, and I was, like, existential I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Is that when you, is that when you called me? No, 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 no. That was a few days ago. Okay. Yeah, Aaron called me the other day, and he was like, no, you called me yesterday while I was biking up a hill. You called me, and then I called you because I missed the call and called you All back. Right, anyways, anyways, anyways. Anyways. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we both had Mr. Fuentes as, uh, he was our teacher. And you said you, you were a core baby, right? You went to... I was, yes. So, I am a former student of the program in which I teach. Yeah. Uh, so, I went there, uh, I attended to, it was class of 2010. Mm. Okay. So, okay. So, let's kind of get into, before we kind of get into, you know, you as a teacher... And uh, you know your your specific areas of uh, of expertise. I have a personal story uh -oh. I want to share. First of all, Fuentes. I just want to say I love your shirt. Oh, thank you very thank much. Thank you for dressing. It's into a the very summer nice pod shirt. vibe. I, I figure, yeah, I got it. It's great. With, it's uh, great. Just to impress. The aesthetic. Speaking okay. about clean clean dress shirts. <laughs> back in uh, good transition. Back in, that was a good transition. Back, <laughs> back in tenth grade, um, Mr. Fuentes was at Cleveland, obviously as a teacher, and uh, it was during it was during nutrition, and. I forgot who it was, but somebody had slime. Like, just like slime. It was like, you know, people had slime. It was fun it, to play with. If I can just interrupt you for a second. It was a fad. It was a thing. Yeah, no, it was definitely a thing. Hot minute. It was uh, a thing. For and, about a year. Yeah, and this was bright pink slime, and uh, we were playing with it at Nutrition, and one thing we would do is we would throw the slime onto each other's clothing. Cause what? Because it, fr it freaks you out, but for whatever reason, the slime would just come right off. Like, it just peeled right off. Yeah. So it was just like, it's like you walk up to someone, throw the slime on, and then it would just come right off, so it's not <laughs> a big deal. So then I'm walking to class, and I have a bit of slime, and I see Mr. Fuentes wearing a just completely brand new white shirt. <laughs> so naturally, I, I throw the slime on his shirt, and you kind of freak out for a second. And then I go to take it off, and of course it doesn't come off. Oh, my God. And it started, like, stringing, and there were, like, bits still on it. And <laughs> I, I wasn't totally able to get it off. I think you have – did it ever actually come out? No. In fact, the stain was there for years. Oh. Uh, you still have it? Uh, no, I got rid of it. Who wants a stained white shirt? Wow, that's a memory. That's actually really bad. <laughs> I'm bad so sorry. 
That's oh hilarious. Was that like in nutrition or, or what? We, we were walking down the hallway. Yeah. It was right after nutrition ended, and I just threw it on a shirt. Yeah, it, it was during passing, and I remember I went from feeling very mildly amused to downright infuriated in yeah. the span of a few seconds. And it was it was on its back. So I remember you had me take a photo That's of terrible. your back so you could see what it looked. It was bad. It's terrible. You go to your teacher, you throw it slime was on bad. it. You know, I was actually, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I was planning on using that as a way to mess with you in 12th grade. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. To, like, oh, if this boy ever asked me for a letter recommendation, I'm going to be like, oh, do you remember this? <laughs> no. No, I, ne- I never applied to college, so. <laughs> well, well it's, it, I guess it was a moot point, but uh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. really funny. No, I still remember that. No, I mean, all the goofy stuff uh, like y- you did, especially ugh, especially ninth grade. What, I, what did I do in ninth grade? Well, okay, so in ninth grade, let me, let me remember. So had you <laughs> ninth grade, you, you, I had an F, I remember, in your class. Yeah, because you weren't doing any of my No, 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 grade. no. It's because it's there was like a big test that I missed because I was on track, and it went in as a missing instead of excused, so my grade was at an F. Oh, yeah, yeah because you didn't make bad. it up. Well, <laughs> I'm, not here, I'm not here to defend my grading policy, <laughs> but... Yeah. So, well, let's see, I'm trying to remember. Well, I had you for environmental studies, which, by the way, can, can we talk about that for just yeah, a second? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, especially for those of you who, who don't know, uh, so I am a philosophy teacher primarily. But when I first came into Cleveland, uh, so my very first job at Cleveland was teaching science, uh, mm-hmm. specifically ninth grade. And you were a sub, studies. right? I was. And he, he ran Miss Wareham out of a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 Don't mischaracterize it. She took a very extended this leave of maternity uh, absence, mm-hmm. um, extended meaning indefinitely. Uh, <laughs> and where were you teaching before that? Before I was at San Fernando Middle School. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Is that where is that? Silmar? Yeah. Oh, so, so should I kind of go through the whole timeline, or, or do, is, do you have more topics? Yeah. Let's. I mean, let's just. How, let's how just are get you? You know, what's yeah. what's going on with the uh, okay, so, teaching? Yeah, but so okay, so so before Cleveland, sure. Wh- where were you? Okay, so I guess uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my my career. So first of all, it, I'm 28 years old. Okay. It's a trip to think. We're I've both in our 20s. Yes. Yeah, that no, that <laughs> it's crazy. It, really quick, it's crazy to think that in Cleveland or in the school that we went to, so many teachers are so young. Like, you were. What, when I was in ninth grade, you were like 24? When you were in ninth grade, I was 21. That's crazy. Because, like, we're almost, we're almost 21. And, like, oh, yeah. I- imagine being a year older and then, like, handling 14 year olds. That's oh, ridiculous. That <laughs> yeah. So he was, like, maybe, like, what What are you, like, five years old? No, not five years. What am I talking about? Like, eight years older than I'm us? About eight years older than you. Which yeah. is, like, not a lot for a teacher. And, yeah. Anyways, go on with your story. Well, we made it. <laughs> but, uh,. <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, in that respect, I've been teaching for eight years. Um, so that's pretty much my whole adult life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started teaching before I was legally able to drink. Just wow, wow, yeah. wow. Um, so I guess my story of teaching uh, starts at, uh, so I, I went to CSUN for mm-hmm. my undergrad. Uh, and I got my, uh, so I was in this program where I got my bachelor's and my teaching credentials simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I was, uh, like, like uh, my, my senior year, I was already student teaching. Wow. And so wow. uh, the first place a student taught was at uh, Ola Vista Middle School over in Silmar. Uh, I taught seventh grade. Uh, that was a trip. I learned a lot. Uh, my master teacher was British, very thick accent, also a smoker. Um, <laughs> Love that. And then uh, second semester, I went to San Fernando High School, where uh, they put me. They said, "Okay, we're going to give you a remedial English class. Like these, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to give you like the juniors and seniors who need this class to pass, but have not passed the class before." <laughs> okay. So okay. Thought, oh, okay. Challenge. Shoot. And and, you know, and and that's a habit that I think is very unfortunate. Is many times they'll give the most rookie teachers the toughest assignments. Mm. Um, which doesn't make any sense. You, you'd think you'd want to give that to a veteran. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah. I got put in a room with uh, <laughs> a lot of kids from San Fernando, and uh, they were not the most stellar students. Mm-hmm. But I have to admit to you, I went in with a lot of trepidation, 
and it was amazing. It was a great experience. Really? Oh, the, the, the kids were so receptive. Were they academic in the way that I'm used to now in a magnet program? No, mm-hmm. definitely not. Um, but I can share a story with you if you want to hear. Have I ever told you the story of uh, when I teach the, the girl? Yes, the girl. The girl who's pregnant? Yeah, uh, no, that's oh. a different story. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Well, no, well that, that one's a quick one. What, what, she what was already pregnant before Mr. Fuentes was there. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Just, just to clarify. <laughs> just to clarify. Thank you very much. No, it, it was just, uh, that, that story is very simple. Yeah. Just, I, yeah, I yeah. couldn't fail like a girl who was pregnant. Yeah. Like she was missing my class a lot, and technically her grade added up to an F, and I just gave her a D. I don't know if I should say that on camera, but <laughs> LUSD. <laughs> LUSD. Sorry. Sponsored you know, by LUSD. I, I, I can okay. go back and fudge something in the grade book, but. I, 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 are you really going to fail a, a, a pregnant teenage girl? Yeah. Who's going to do that? I mean, yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I, mean no, I, I was just agreeing failing. with you. I was agreeing. <laughs> who's who's going to fail a pregnant lady? Well, I said, yeah, like, like no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely. Well, when it comes to grading, how much, how much do you really take like the whole picture into account, or is it really just whatever the grade is is the grade? A lot. I think it's incredibly uh, in bad faith for a teacher to just like hide behind a policy and be mm-hmm. like, well, you got this, so that's it, that's right. final. Nah, a teacher has a lot more control over the grade than they uh, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes care to admit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so t- to me, a grade should be a reflection of the student's uh, achievement, uh, ability, and effort. Yeah, and it's definitely hard to sum that up. A, B, C. And I feel like a lot of people D. are so caught up. I mean, especially like my, you know, my peers. I remember in high school are so caught up in the grades that they forget to actually learn, and they kind of yeah. just like you know take the classes to to get an A in it and and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember like for AP Bio, I took that class just because it was AP. Um, advanced placement and you know I just took the class just to get a good grade and I knew I knew nothing and I'm in pre-medicine so like I took bio in college I was like this this is all new to me like I barely know any of this and I just I just took the class to get a good grade Mm -hmm. but I feel like people like I mean our society is built that way I feel like you know we need to get good grades in order to do well in life so you know the knowledge doesn't really matter when it comes to grades, I feel like. Yes, people confuse the symbol for the thing. Yeah. Or in other words, they assume that uh, an A must mean that you are intelligent or capable mm-hmm. when that's not true. That's uh, true. Yeah. An A just means you're very good at following orders. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, students get graded the same way the USDA grades meet. <laughs> a, B, C, yeah. <laughs> the more you know. Right, really fun fun. facts from yeah. Mr. Fuentes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely true because I feel like, I feel like the, the most I learned from school was just learning how to learn. Because that's yes. that's that's really something Skills. that yeah. you can apply to. Because you know, learning about you know a certain subject or a certain philosopher is great, but actually underst- learning personally your own learning style and oh, yeah. how you can actually understand information that's something you can apply to, to anything in your life. Oh, definitely. And that's yeah, definitely, definitely I think the the more practical element of uh, a school that's really not emphasized when people are so focused on the actual grade. Definitely. I, I, if I had to boil down school to two important skills, it'd be study skills. Mm-hmm. The ability to just study anything and learn anything, and social skills, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which which we can talk about later. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so so okay, so that, that was yeah. the story <laughs> with the girl, but that wasn't the story that I was referencing. So when I was student teaching at San Fernando High School, this twelfth uh, grade English class, I remember I decided to take a risk and I wanted to teach them the uh, the Iliad, specifically. Um, uh, I'm forgetting off the top. Of my, I think it's book eleven or book fourteen. Oh, Pasito's going to kill me for this, but uh, <laughs> it, it's it's the Rage of Achilles. It, it's Achilles versus Hector. Okay, a very iconic yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, book. And uh, my, my master teacher was like, ooh, I don't know, Albert. I don't know if these kids are going to, like, get it or understand it. And, and I took that very personally. I said, well, 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 well <laughs> anyway, I've got to have high expectations. And so we read through the chapter, and uh, unfortunately, throughout the room, I did see a lot of glazed eyes. And so I thought, oh, damn, maybe they didn't, you know, get it or, mm-hmm. or appreciate it or like it, whatever. The next day, you know, same class comes in, and uh, there's a few boys on their, uh, on their phone. And this is back in, I want to say, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, uh, they're on World Star, 
And if you guys remember uh, what kind of videos were popular on World, do you, do you remember? Was, is that a thing? You yeah, know? we were also yeah. like, World Star, World Star. World Star. Yeah, 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 you see like, uh, it's like, what, it's what's like his fight videos, right? It's just fight yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time every time that guy from Cleveland, uh, he's such a nice guy. The security. Oh, Abraham? Abraham, oh, yeah. 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 We would just shout World Star when we see a fight going on. Albert, oh, or, uh, Abraham would go in. God almighty. Oh, we got too many fights in Cleveland. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So I remember we came in the next day. And uh, the, these two boys were looking at World Star, and they're just you know laughing, and I'm like, okay, boys, very funny. I just put it away before class starts because you know this is before class started. And they say, no, 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 Mr. Brennan, check it out, check it out, check it out. And uh, <laughs> it's two girls fighting, and I just like roll my eyes, but then I recognize one of the girls. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and she's sitting in the room, and I say, Lena, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, that's why I got kicked out of Silmar. <laughs> oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> She made it on World Star. Now, 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 now. Here's the thing. Now, here's the thing about you know Lena. a famous girl now from World, world, world <laughs> a, 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 a World Star star. Um, <laughs> God. And so here's the thing about Lena. Lena, a uh, skinny little Mexican girl, um, five foot three at the most, like little. Uh, the girl she was up against in the video was Titanic, like a chola oh. of immense proportions, like wow. easily twice her height, like three times her width. <laughs> Uh, she like like everything. Like she had like the McDonald's like, uh, <laughs> arches, like everything. Like the whole McDonald's whole arches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <sighs> and so here's the thing. So I, I see them kind of like circle each other, and then you know the boys are pointing and laughing at the video and saying, "Look, look, look, look! look she's gonna kick off her sandals." And Lena yeah, kicks off her sandals. Oh she's getting ready to rumble. And this chola just rushes her and just bodies poor Lena. Just oh. whomp gets her oh, on the ground no. and just like starts pounding on her. And that's the end of the video. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> I thought you were gonna like say like, oh, and she, you know, she won or. Or no, she beat no. Her up. I <laughs> thought this is so oh, embarrassing. I was gonna say it's like uh, you know David and Goliath. The no, I'm, I'm afraid not. Oh, oh, okay, on. all right. Sorry. <laughs> and so you know, I was a little, a little upset at the boys. Like, okay, stop teasing Lena in an mm-hmm. obvious moment of humiliation. But then one of those boys, who was one of my worst students, by the way, yeah. says to me, "Look, Mr. Fuentes, that girl was like Achilles, and Lena was like Hector." <laughs> <laughs> My anger just evaporated. I was like, "Ah, you pay attention." <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, okay, let's that's get past there. That's <laughs> really funny. That's minus, uh, minus the dragging the dead body through the streets. Oh yeah, well, the back of the chariot hey, shouldn't kill Patroclus. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> so okay, so that kind of brings up a question: What is throughout all your years of teaching? What's the most standout memory? Like oh. the funniest, just. I just cannot believe this happened. Standout memory oh, that's happened. Oh, I, I don't have one. I have a lot. You yeah. have, to, you have to get more specific. <laughs> okay, what's uh what's the what's the funniest thing that's ever happened? The funniest thing. Okay, um, a few things jump out to me, and okay, actually, this is from your year, uh, okay. class of twenty nineteen, uh, when you were in fr- uh, freshman year. I don't know if you remember. She was only there, I think, one year or two years. Do you remember Gabby Portillo? Uh, the name, the name sounds familiar. Uh, when did? Did she only uh, she only went for one year? You said? I think just one year. Was she, okay. no, was she an art? I don't think so. Yes. Yeah, I think I think I remember her. Okay. So, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we were taking so this is, this is for environmental studies. So we're taking an exam. This is early on in the semester. This yeah. one I had like barely taken over for work. Okay. Okay. And uh, it was it was like okay, the, the, you know you have the whole period. Everyone got a copy of the test. Okay. Uh, all right. Good luck. Mm-hmm. And I remember this girl, Gabby, was sitting in the very front. And she had this look of such consternation. Like, she just looked so worried. Like, both of her hands were, like, on her face. She's just staring at the exam. She <laughs> looked so stressed out. And I, <laughs> I call her and say, Gabby. And she just looks up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I just say very gently, good luck on your exam. And she looks at me and says, oh, uh, you too, Mr. Fuentes. <laughs> 
That's funny. That's what I do all the time <laughs> at restaurants. Where like, yeah. They're like, have a, have a, you know, enjoy your meal. Thanks, you too. Yeah, you too. And I feel like you such too. an idiot. Bless oh. you. Thank you. Oh, like, you too. This person working like minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have a good meal while you I'm too. eating a meal. You too, yeah. Daniel. Thanks. Thanks. You too. Yes. Imagine yeah. being embarrassed and failing an exam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's Shout like, out, that's Gabby. Brutal. <sighs> yeah, I doubt we. I think we all we all failed some exams back in ninth grade. I think I failed some exams in twelfth grade. I failed the IUE. Wait, which IUE? You, you failed the IUE. I got a D. Can you explain what the IUE? Oh, is? Wh- wh- which one? My or first one. Oh, well, go ahead and explain what, what yeah. an IUE is for those. Of you an know. IUE <laughs> is an interdisciplinary unit exam. So basically, you have uh, what well, we basically had, say, a China unit, right? Um, and we would have science class would be like science behind China, or, you know, geography. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you, we, there we was would, no science <laughs> class in core. Okay, geography. <laughs> Environmental studies, we, we, would, we, would th- we would talk about the, the geography, all that stuff in China. Uh, history, we would talk about the history of China. Uh, we would have, uh, what else? Social institutions. Yeah, like history, English. Like, yeah. about the art, religion. Lit- you learn lit- about all these different elements and of then we the... Com- pr- okay, we combine it. Okay, okay boys, l- 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 let the teacher in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An yeah. interdisciplinary unit <laughs> exam is this unique you that uh, test that we have in CORE, or the Humanities Magnet Program at Cleveland, where essentially what it is is a timed two-hour in-class essay where students have to synthesize information from multiple disciplines ranging from history to English to philosophy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and these tests are often pretty difficult. Um, they're often marathon running because you have to write for two hours straight. Uh, and, and it's all from your head. And, and, and it's got to be memorized. You can't yeah. have any notes with you. So you have um, students like memorizing outlines. I remember I would memorize my intro word for word, yes. word for. I have a good memory, so I just like kind of got it down, and then I would knock out my intro five minutes, mm-hmm. and then I'd have everything. <laughs> you know, all the other times to think about what I what I forgot. But the the, <laughs> the thing about the IUE is that you have a good amount of time to prepare. Yeah, that's right. You do. So you really don't think you're ever going to get an F because it's not like you just sit down one day and they just give it to you. You kind of have a sense of what the prompt's going to be and you can kind of formulate yeah, that's right. your ideas. So exactly. how did you get an F on your IUE? I guess I was just a bad writer in, in ninth grade. I don't know. I mean, like, really? I, I didn't get an F. I got oh. like a, a, a D, D plus. A D plus. That's or pretty something good. like that. <laughs> it's almost and passing. No, it was, a, what was it? it was like a C minus D plus, something like that. Okay. So, um... I don't know how I got enough. I guess I, I it was the first one. I just like oh the first one. The oh, first, that's, yeah, yeah, it was the first one. I was you know, I thought I did well. I think I got um, on that one. Also, a lot of times I didn't understand my writing because I was my writing was really messy. Um, yeah, how but, do you grade some of these papers that people oh, like? My handwriting's horrible. It, it, it's it's sure. horrible. Like what do you can you really just like you kind of good at seeing bad handwriting or is it just sometimes it's so bad? No, I definitely have gotten a lot better yeah. at reading handwriting. That's good. Uh, a lot better. But honestly, for the most part, here's the thing about grading, especially IUEs, is in IUE, um, a class's IUEs are essentially you're reading 50 of the same essay exactly, yeah. Yeah. to varying degrees of quality. Uh, and so grading them can be can be a chore. Uh, now, obviously, it's important they actually read them and you know give honest mm-hmm. feedback. But in my experience, like once you grade, once I'm about halfway in, th- 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 you kind of start to like see skip. patterns. Okay. Yeah. Like, n- not necessarily skip, but you start to see like, okay, based on the organization from this like paragraph, I can kind of predict what they're at. Yep, right. sure enough. Yeah, um, yeah. They forgot this. Or I, who was it? I remember someone uh, graded my IUE. Uh, that was really easy. Uh, Dr. Cohen. Dr. Cohen, he just like he just check 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 check, and that was the best grade I ever got in twelfth grade. I got like an A oh, plus w- or something. W- was, do you remember which IUE that was? Was that the Unit Two IUE? What w- was it in the in the winter? Yeah, 
Oh, was. yeah. Yeah, because that one we have three days to grade. Yeah, so it was just like, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Um, do all the teachers just meet up to, to grade the IUE? Or, yes, or? we do. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, That's we, 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 uh, it's called norming. You right. know, we, uh, we norm uh, usually two IUEs together. Nice. So we all grade it together. So there's two unlucky victims. We, just, we pull at random. <laughs> we pull at random. So just two, two kids, we, we, papers, we grab at random, and yeah. we all grade them together. It's nice how much of like a community core it really is. I mean, we, you yes. have all the teachers. They all know each other. They all come together. They all grade together. They all, That's you right. know teach together which is yes. it's you, it's very rare to find that in a, in a school nowadays especially a public school exceedingly yeah. and uh it, it is difficult teaching in a team mm-hmm. uh, I, I gotta tell you like, like anything i mean it's difficult in being in a team for anything but yeah. um i mean it's been such a boon i mean it's one of the strengths of the program mm-hmm. i think is the fact that like you know yeah i can like you know text uh the basinger mm-hmm. um and, and you know and and, and, I, and i do see him occasionally you know, and I'm, I'm in touch with them like i'm in touch with uh with kim with basinger That's with Pacito yeah. fairly mm-hmm. regularly yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's definitely a big part of the yeah. community. No, that's for great. sure. So then, okay. So after you, after you were teaching ninth grade, you, you at some point transitioned to teaching philosophy. That's right. And, uh, you replaced Mr. Lin, yes, who was, uh, the, you know, the, the longtime, um, philosophy teacher at Cleveland. So what did, did you personally want to teach philosophy or was it kind of the position just opened up or what kind of motivated you to kind of start going down that path? Cause you're you, that, I mean, from what I've heard, from what I've heard you say that, you did a lot of reading, a lot of studying, and it's oh, a yeah. philosophy. It's not like an easy subject, you know. No. So, what kind of what kind of motivated you to go down that path? Uh, I have to be honest with you. I was gunning for that job since day one. Really? Oh yeah. I wanted to be the philosophy teacher. I wanted that position. In fact, when I was at CSUN studying to become a teacher, I was this close to getting into primary education, being an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I love kids. Um, and and the only reason why I decided to do high school was in the hopes of teaching that philosophy class. Wow. Yeah, in core. And then it worked out. I mean, that's great that you have, you know, ever since you were in high school, you wanted to teach. Yep. So you have that mindset of what you want to do and you just... You know, and I, and I realized, especially having interacted with, you know, with so many of my students now and now in college, yeah. that's something I realized was a, such a blessing. Like, I knew what I wanted to do since, mm-hmm. like, high school. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I know that, that most people kind of struggle to figure out what they want to do in terms of a career. Yeah. I'm very yeah. lucky in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it's cool when you know, when you have a niche, you know what you want to do, and you just go for that. Like, I know a lot of people who do that and succeed, obviously. Um, but then I know, yeah, tons of people who are like kind of in, in their 20s and they figure mm-hmm. it out. It could be your age and they don't even know what they want to do yet, you know? Right, right. And it's not a race. It's not like you have no. to have things figured out by your 20s. Exactly. Uh, it's some people are just lucky in that. And I mean, some people are just lucky another way. I mean, some people are lucky in relationships. Some people are lucky in terms of, you know, material wealth and, and privilege. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, people are just lucky in different mm-hmm. things. I feel yeah. like you're just so screwed up in college, too, where it's like Ugh. you have to just apply to a college and decide what you want to do when you're 18. Yes. Yep. Or what? 17. Or 17. Yeah. It's like you, you know, you have your whole life ahead of you and you have to decide your career uh, and people expect you to stick with it. Yeah. You can't change. Obviously, you can. I, I know a guy who um, I was talking to. He's he's my cousin's friend. He went to uh, medical school in Canada. Okay. Did four years, finished, graduated, nice. and before his residency, he's like, you know what? I want to do film. So he just oh. he just he's like, I got all the medical experience I need. I'm going to do film now. So it's like it's it's very, you know, you could definitely mm-hmm. change what you want to do. It's just yes. very different in our society. Definitely, yeah. and and uh, well, we can talk career. Uh, well, I mean, we can talk about it now. But, yeah, uh, I guess this is for all the the, the listeners uh, in terms of career advice. The best career advice I have ever heard from anybody is, okay, you're going to be spending about a third of your adult life working, so you really ought to think about it in either one of two ways: option A or option B. Either option A, find a career that you truly have a passion for, that you really enjoy, uh, pay be damned, like teaching. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, and, and in that way, you're not going to feel like your work. Mm-hmm. Now, not everyone is going to find a career that they you know love. Yeah. So option B is, okay, find a career that you can tolerate, has good hours, pays you well enough to be able to then allow you to do the things that you love. Mm. Yeah. yeah. One, or, one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah, there has to be balance there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean... And it, it's interesting to say that, Daniel, because that was exactly my my stance coming out of uh, coming out of uh, high school. I mean, I didn't even I didn't even apply to any colleges. Yeah. Because I, you know, I was thinking I was like, okay, I don't really know what I want to do. I could just try to go to you know some of the schools everyone else is applying to, but what if I go to a school? They don't have a program for what I want to do. Then I got to transfer to a different school after being there and undeclared, and it just didn't really make sense for me. So. I just went to community college for two years. And that's so smart. And then all the doors opened up. If I wanted to, you know, yeah. stay an extra year and go to UCLA, they have programs where it's like an 85% acceptance rate. So you can take yeah. those paths that you want to take, and the options are just there for you versus having to make that decision and go all that into debt at like 17 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we talk about yeah. debt, oh, God. I mean, that's crushing so many people's Such lives. Such a trap. Right Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it's really awful. And I think it's because young people are really pressured into going into like a four-year university right yeah. off the bat. Even, yeah, when yeah. Know, even when they don't know what, the, what they want to study. Or, or when, we, when we were all applying to college, I mean, I'm sure you know, there's a whole atmosphere and environment yeah. of everyone's like, well, where are you going? You know, yeah. where, where are you applying? Did you get in? Did you get it? Yeah. And I felt that coming from like, both my parents didn't go, they, they weren't born here. They didn't go to, uh, a, you know, any American college. They didn't know the system. My dad went to college in Canada, but like, that's totally different. Mm-hmm. So ever, you know, I had no idea what FAFSA was. I had no, I had to oh, study my ass off. <laughs> of what FAFSA was educating my, my parents, you know, telling them, Hey, this is, this is, this, this is that. And I was very behind and I wanted, I really, really wanted to go to a four year university. I think partly also because everybody was, was around me that was yep. applying, you know, all my friends were applying to four year universities. Plus you're in a really competitive program in high school. Exactly. It's so not you're like, why not? You're in a really competitive program where kids yeah, are going yeah, yeah, to yeah. really high performing schools. Exactly. So it's even more so. That's but right. then when you look back at it now, nobody cares where you go. Nobody yeah. cares if you went to Harvard or <laughs> yeah. if you went to, I don't know where, you know, like a state school anywhere. LA Valley College. LA Valley College. Yeah. No, like, and, and I know all the people now that go to LA Valley College or any community college, um, they're going to, they're going to Berkeley, they're going to UCLA, they're doing all these things. Oh, Plus yeah. we um, lucked out because it was COVID. So everyone just came exactly. home to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I was going to say our year is probably the luckiest year, um, I would agree with yeah, you. Yeah, because we, we literally had all the senior events. We had prom. We had homecoming. We had all that stuff. We had the senior picnics, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And we had a graduation. Yes. Next year, none of that. Like, none of that happened. And they went home after, like, spring break. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy how the whole the whole landscape at school just completely changed. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. How, so how has that been as a teacher transitioning? Because the one thing about Mr. Fuentes, if you guys don't know, he has a very unique teaching style. Oh, yeah. It's very <laughs> – we'll go into it. It's very engaging. It's very, say, it's, very, it's very in your face, but it's also very informative. And that's what makes um, you, I think, learn the material better when you yeah. actually enjoy – when it's a show, when it's uh, you're entertaining. And that's what it is. It's a show. It that's is. exactly yeah. what it is. Yes. Oh, you know, and actually, uh, l- let me return to a previous question mm-hmm. you asked in order to answer this question more fully. Um, how did I begin teaching philosophy in the first mm-hmm. place? And then you can get an idea of my philosophy behind teaching. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so I took over from Mr. Lin, who uh, taught for 50 years in LAOC, 5-0. Uh, <laughs> this guy was, was, was a master. And uh, you guys never had Mr. Lin. I don't no. think he ever came in for a guest lecture. Oh, no, one yeah, time. He did. He did. Oh, one, one time. time. Yeah, yeah, a few yeah. times, I think, actually, okay. for me. For those of you who don't know, so Mr. Ray Lin uh, was a you know teacher. He's retired now. But he was, the best way to describe him is he was this old school adversarial 
type of you know lecture. For example, like he, he was terrifying. So imagine this tall white guy, <laughs> piercing blue eyes, long white hair, long white beard. You know the very image of a philosopher. And he would just come into the classroom every day, just bursting with just this aggressive <laughs> energy. So, for example, I mean, you know, he, and he would just pick at kids at random. Like some kids, uh, you know, think you're sitting in the back, you're safe. No, he would point at some kid and say, "You, what does Descartes say about epistemology? <laughs> Go." Uh, well, uh, Mr. Let me just check my notes. Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> He was hardcore. Yeah. Uh, we were scared of him. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I had him for two periods. I had him for philosophy of mind, period mm -hmm. one, and then aesthetics, philosophy of art, period mm -hmm. two. And I was in the same seat both periods. Yeah. And I was in the hot seat. I was right to the right of him. And so he'd pick on me constantly okay. in high school. Uh, and so, arr, 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 so he'd just you know, bark at me for an hour, five-minute bathroom break, arr, 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 bark at me for another hour. <laughs> yeah. And as a result, we became pretty close. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we stayed in contact even when I was in college. He's actually the one who got me the uh, my job. Oh, okay. wow! He he's he's the one who uh, when when Wareham went on maternity leave, uh, he's the one who recommended me to Macon and said, "Oh, hire Albert." Uh, <laughs> that's how he talks. That's how he talks. <laughs> uh, and I still keep in regular touch with the old yeah. man. I, I I chatted with him a few days ago. Actually. How's he doing? He's he's doing good. Uh, yeah. He's still still kicking. Uh, I haven't gone to visit him unfortunately because you know he's he's very uh, COVID conscious. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and he's yeah, retired but now, right? He's retired. Cool. Doesn't he have like? I heard this story. Doesn't oh, he, doesn't he have? A dog, Willie. Willie, <laughs> and every time Willie dies, yes. he just gets the same kind of dog. It's, it's, it's a border collie, and yes. names it Willie. <laughs> yes, correct, correct. <laughs> is that not crazy? <laughs> that is kind of crazy. Uh, and unfortunately, Willie the Fourth, the most current uh, <laughs> okay. incarnation, uh, passed away. No. Yeah, yeah. Time for bad. Willie the Fifth. Maybe. Oh my uh, God. Maybe. But that's so. Funny. That's just yeah, like no, that's you can't true. detach from Willie. Yeah. yeah. You can't, you can't give it up. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's some commentary on language, I'm sure, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so kind of okay, so kind of going into philosophy, when yes. you when you started really learning about oh philosophy, oh you know, boy, to yeah. to prepare for for teaching the subject, what was something cuz it's such a it's such an interesting and fascinating subject with so yeah. many different viewpoints and perspectives. What do you think was like either the most interesting thing that you've learned about that's something that you just kind of can always kind of think about or like kind of an epiphany moment you had, some kind of something something you were studying that really just stood out to you? Well, okay, so uh, a lot of my knowledge, and I have to tell you this, uh, I didn't study philosophy in college. Mm -hmm. I, I majored in English. I, I was studying to become an English teacher. And so all of my philosophical knowledge was either tutored to me by Mr. Lin mm -hmm. or self-taught. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, <laughs> I'll, answer your, I'll answer your question, yeah. but to give you the, the full answer, when I took over that job, well, okay, Mr. Lin shocked us all when he announced he was going to retire. Mm -hmm. He shocked us. Like, w and, and you're thinking, why? We all thought he was going to die in the classroom. I say that without <laughs> a hint of irony uh, or humor. We <laughs> oh all thought God. he was just going to have a heart attack <laughs> in the oh middle God. of some like <laughs> philosophy yeah. lecture. And so when he announced that he was retiring, it came as quite a bit of a jolt to us. And I remember I went to go visit him the next morning. I have I told you this story? No. No. Yeah. I went to go visit him the next morning, and uh, I asked him, hey, Ray, is it true? Are you retiring? Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah. And he asked me directly, do you want to take over the philosophy class? And... I said, yeah, this is a class. He's the one who started the program at Cleveland. Wow. wow. You know? he, he, uh, uh, he, generations of kids, he's yeah, taught philosophy. Yeah. And so he asked me, do you want to take over the uh, philosophy class? I said, yeah. He leaned me close, like uncomfortably close. <laughs> and he said to me, 
then you better be ready to work harder than you ever worked in your fucking life. <laughs> and that summer, I think I read more books that summer. I did my whole four years of college. Really? He was wow. on me. He would call me. He would email me. He would demand that I go over and visit him so he could, like, lecture at me. His, his wife would serve us dinner. But he would, like, lecture at me for, like, six hours straight. Wow. wow. Just expect me to, like, you know, keep up, like, take notes. He would call me at random points in the day and ask me a random question. Like, I'm dead serious. Wow. Like, he, he would call me and be like, okay, what are, what's Sarch's views on phenomenology? Go. Like, right there. And wow. like, read this, write this. Why the fuck ain't even gone to this yet? Hurry up. <laughs> and that whole summer he was on me. Wow. Yeah, that's like, I mean, because that's years and years and decades of knowledge you got to cram into a summer yep. before that's you right. just hit the ground running. That's right. Do you, but, and you, you don't regret doing that, right? Oh, no. It, 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 it was a challenge. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. It was difficult. But it, he almost like put me through like a, I'd say like it was like an intellectual boot camp. Yeah. Wow. Um, do I regret it? Absolutely not. Because that kind of laid the foundations for me as a philosophy teacher. Right. Yeah. And I think... W- his crowning achievement, Mr. Mm-hmm. Lin, his crowning achievement is precisely what you mentioned. Philosophy is such a hard subject to really grasp and read about. He made it somehow intelligible mm. to high schoolers. Exactly. Which, yeah. which which is quite the feat. And and I mean, I've gotten to the point now where I use his his book, his his because you know he, he pre-wrote his own you mm. know book, the collection he of packets. And and I and I, I I edit them now. I've got it's gone to the point where I am now editing and, and adding my own content. Wow. Okay. Uh, wow. I'm actually that was actually my, that's actually my project this summer. I'm writing a packet on Nietzsche. On oh. what? Nietzsche. Okay. Yeah, Nietzsche's cool. existentialism. Okay. Cool. So, so, and now to kind of yeah. give you the big, you know, like finally arrived at the answer to your question, I think for me, what really affected me more than anything, and I loved uh, philosophy. I mean, I loved the, the skepticism we learned. I loved existentialism. But, like, what really sold me on this philosophy mm-hmm. is definitely Wittgenstein. Like, philosophy yeah. of language. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I know I make and a bit of a joke, that's a, but... That's the thing that stuck with me. Like, yeah. I, sure, I, I could, yeah, I same. think I forgot, like, half the philosophers that you taught me. But Wittgenstein, like, that's the philosopher that actually stuck with me because it was so eye-opening yeah. and enlighten- enlightening that I was just like, whoa. That's right. What the heck? Oh, we got a little bit of background noise here. <laughs> so they heard about Wittgenstein. Oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is it possible to give, a like, a brief, like, I know we started in for, like, weeks and weeks and weeks, like, just, like, two, three minutes, give a little lecture oh, to yeah. the audience about what the whole idea behind Wittgenstein and I can is. summarize his thesis in one sentence. And okay. I've gotten, oh, and I, just so you know, I've gotten better at teaching Wittgenstein because I've actually okay. read his books and, I got, and like, I've really gotten into it myself now. I can summarize his views with one thesis. <clears throat> Language precedes and shapes thought. I'll say that one more time and slower mm. for everyone. Language precedes, com- means comes before, and shapes thought. In other words, it is impossible to think in the way that we conceptualize thinking without some kind of human-created language. Mm-hmm. Now, immediately, that's challenged by students, uh, w- w- which I love. Because, you know, immediately you'll think of counterexamples. Uh, for those of you listening in uh, and who haven't studied Wittgenstein, you might think, well, that's not true. I can think in pictures. Mm-hmm. Or, or I can feel things without words. Or, or, or other such, you know, foolish statements. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love teaching Wittgenstein because he systematically goes through all those counterarguments and obliterates them. Mm-hmm. And so you're left with this, like, almost like a foundational truth, mm-hmm. uh, which to me is exceedingly rare in philosophy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like that, and I think, therefore, I am. Uh, yeah. And c- can, you, can you talk about the counterargument of, you know, most people say when I go to my family and I tell them, well, you know, what I learned about Wittgenstein, they're like, oh, what about babies? when they when they first cry like how do they how do they you know language language has to come after you know what i mean oh yeah and that's something very important to note uh language does not create a reality uh uh, uh, uh wittgenstein was not a, oh and i'm sorry I, I should really introduce wittgenstein very quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
because yeah, we keep saying that name, Wittgenstein, Wittgenstein. <laughs> Ludwig Wittgenstein was a 20th century philosopher of language who wrote uh, only two books, and we really only study his second book, ph uh, Philosophical Investigations. And that's where he puts this, this Riveted. thesis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> La uh, 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 language precedes and shapes thought. So to, so to, to, to address your point, because people say that all the time, what about babies? Okay, what about babies? Do they think? Y yes. Really, how? I don't know. Do uh, I don't think they th like think, like well, logically they think. That, then it also comes into the do they have reason? But then that's another. Do they, do babies have reason? Babies don't have reason. I babies do not. Babies just have pure instinct. Yeah. Yes. If you spend yeah. any 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 amount of time around babies, you know they do not possess reason. Yeah. Um, do other animals like dogs possess reason? You know. Okay. Now that you bring this up, we're this is going to be in the in the in the main podcast. But Ooh. I was reading this article well, about parrots in Australia uh -huh. that have learned to open trash can lids. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So, bear with me for a moment. I think that uh, that proves that they can rationally think. Now, hold on. There is a difference between instinctual behavior based on reward and punishment and conceptualizing and abstract thinking. And now you're like, oh, Fuentes, you're playing semantics. Well, of course, because that's mm -hmm. all we can play with. Because I have to ask you, okay, we can't have a conversation unless you define thinking. What does it mean to think? Because then you can make that very broad. You could say, oh, trees think, because they communicate with each other with their roots. Yeah. Fun fact, they do. Well, I'm scared now. Never but thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but in the way that you and I think, yeah. doubtful. Uh, so and, and, and also important yeah. to consider, the fact that you and I are speaking English is significant. If we were mm -hmm. speaking Mandarin or Swahili or Spanish, the conversation and the thoughts that we have would be very different. Right, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, weren't I remember? I think you, maybe you had mentioned this when we were learning about this. Like there, are n the 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 names we have for colors oh, in yeah. our language, it's not every single language around the entire world has yeah. the same translation for the specific colors we talk about. So it's yeah. like, think for a moment. If there was only like black, white, and red then everything else would kind of be a shade of that. Because, like, right. we say green, but this grass is green, but also the grass in the sun is also yeah, green, yeah. but it's just different shades. So if all you had was, like, black, white, and then, like, green, so then things would just be different shades of that color. But you're saying, well, yes. it's, you know, we all are seeing the same thing technically, yes. but we talk about it in different ways because the we, language shapes how we think about it. We don't it. even yeah. know if we're seeing the same exact thing because, like, right. I yeah. could be seeing a shade of green that I think is green, and you could be seeing purple for, you know, yes. For yes, anyone who... And Wittgenstein points out yeah. that, it, that that's actually, I don't know if you remember the beetle in the, the box. In the box. I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's his whole point with that is it is irrelevant whether or not, let's say, you know, you look at the grass and Aaron sees what we'd consider green and you see what we consider to be purple. Mm -hmm. it, it, is, it is irrelevant. It doesn't matter as long as we all agree to call it green in English. So yeah. like language, that, that's what Wittgenstein was saying, that language creates thought. Like if, yes. if, if, this, if the grass wouldn't be called green, we wouldn't see it as green. Correct. We would see it as whatever else we call it. C color, like the ability to separate mm -hmm. a property from an object, like color or mm -hmm. shape or texture, yeah. is only possible through language. Mm -hmm. uh, other, other, other animals can't do that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Other animals can behave in certain ways, mm -hmm. but can they sit down and think? And especially in the way that you and I can, uh, get reflective, mm -hmm. uh, uh, self-criticism. Uh, that's not possible. And do you think that we like learn reason as we go on in our life, like, do you think society yeah. teaches us reason, or do you think we, human beings in general, were like instinctively like able to use reason? Well, okay, let's take the example that Aaron said earlier with like a, a, a parrot's opening trash cans. I think to some extent uh, we would be able to use tools, we'd be able to avoid hazards. Mm -hmm. I, I think to that extent. But if we're talking reason, and, and again, let's let's define our terms. If reason is the ability to grasp necessary connections. 
then sure, we could say other animals can rudimentary yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. But again, like you and I can. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about what we're doing. This whole conversation that we're having. I mean, everything that we're doing right now is really rooted in language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, technology is not possible without language in, in many ways. Yeah. Uh, everything that we're doing and talking about is yeah. language. And, and I think there's a difference with, when it comes to animals other than humans. There, I think sometimes it could be seen as reason, but like with the parrot example and in the, in the article I was reading, it's more of like, it's like a learned behavior in the sense that they see another parrot who did it so then sure. they do it and they get a reward. But is there a conscious thought between, okay, if I actually end up doing this, I'm going to actually arrive at, you know, they, they may just do it sure. and just not really think twice about it. Exactly. So. Like, like a, a lot of people, uh, especially students on social media, have sent me uh, videos of like the, these dogs, like pressing buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. seen things like that. And they say, Isn't this dog learning language? And I say, well, sort of, but it's not mastering it. I mean, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit a wall. And I think a lot of it has to do with biology. Because I mentioned this earlier. Just because our thoughts are shaped by language does not mean that reality is shaped by language. Like for instance, like I'm not, I would never advise somebody to go out in the, you know, in the middle of the street and play in traffic just because car is a word. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There clearly is an objective world that has mm-hmm. to exist prior to language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what that objective world is, I have no idea, because I'm wow. stuck thinking in words. And I'm, yeah. ooh, remember the metaphor? I'm trapped in the fly bottle. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, it's true because, and for the for the fly bottle, if for those of you who don't know. It's kind of like the, the the idea behind it is that as when we're born and as we as we grow up and we and we learn language, we we, we we speak, but we speak with the words and we think in words that we've been taught, the language that we've been taught. Yeah. So then the idea is that our thoughts are limited and our our you know whole conceptual mind is limited by the words that we're using. And I think that, that like the Handmaid's Tale. When you read that yeah. book, that's just a perfect example because yeah. it's it's a world where language has been has been shifted in a way that uh, you know the, the words you use to describe certain things aren't what we would use in, in in our lives, and you could see the the effect it has on the characters because they're thinking about things differently, which is just an interesting thing to think about. Oh yeah, and in fact, I can actually speak on that. So in, mm-hmm. in a in a grad school class I took um, a year ago, uh, we learned about this. It was a philosophical concept, and this has to do with Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. called a hermeneutical injustice. Uh, so hermeneutics basically just means the philosophy of interpretation, mm-hmm. and uh, injustice means bad. So <laughs> hermeneutical injustice is the idea. Uh, it's it, it's 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 when a person or a population of people is denied uh, the usage or the learning of a particular word or set of words, which limits the way they can interpret right. the, their their world. Example: um, When there was an influx of women entering the workforce in the 1940s due to World War II. This continued in the 1950s because, of course, women are like, oh, wow, earning money is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result, uh, th- there were uh, now mixed uh, uh, workplaces where there weren't before. Mm-hmm. And as a result, there was a lot of workplace harassment. Uh, uh, men, I mean, uh, unfortunately, it's still a country today, didn't really know how to interact with women in the workplace. And uh, the thing is, though, that there wasn't really language for that. So a woman could feel uncomfortable if a guy mm-hmm. made a comment or, or, or touched her in a way she didn't want to mm-hmm. be touched. She could maybe perhaps feel uncomfortable. She wouldn't be able to think about it. And then there was a massive push in the 1950s of the term workplace harassment or sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. And once women learned that word, then they could process and think about their feelings differently and be like, wait, that was harassment. They, they had a word for it now, mm-hmm. a tool to interpret. Yeah. Take this to Handmaid's Tale. If you were to raise a generation of girls and never teach them the terms harassment, rape, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, the ceremony, if you guys remember right. that from the book. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And anybody who's read The Handmaid's, if you haven't read it, read it. Uh, read it. Great book. It's a crazy uh, book. Uh, and basically the idea would be that, uh, okay, you're in the ceremony. 
you don't think of it as like, oh, this is awful. I'm, you know, this is a non-consensual, you know, sex mm-hmm. is rape. You just think, oh, this is a duty. It's a duty, right? Yeah. You have to do, and you're going to think and feel about it differently, just mm-hmm. completely based on the language that you, uh, yeah, they yeah. use. And again, that That's that great. goes to show that that the language that you've been given, the language you understand, it limits how you think about things. Yeah. I was going to ask you this. So, do you think that human beings are superior in a way because they can reason and they can think other ways? Superior. Uh, superior in certain ways. We're definitely superior at uh, creating weapons and destroying the planet. Uh, we're yeah. definitely good at that. We're pretty good at that. <laughs> I got to say. We're mutually assured destruction. Things. Yeah, we're pretty good at killing things. As a species, ooh, we're, we're no, part none. Like and sharks, lions. And it's about. funny because we're like, oh, look at us. We're, we're saving the world or we're, we're making the world a better place. But we're literally just cleaning up our actions that human beings yeah. have made. Yeah. If human beings weren't on the planet, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like I, I, don't, I just can't see any benefit that human beings... Well, because humans yeah. haven't been on the planet for like five billion years. Well, I'm talking about our society. I like after industrialization, all that stuff. Right. No, it, it's crazy how I mean we've. If if you look at the the entire span of Earth, and then humans, we're just like a blink. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, like we're a blink, blink of an eye in terms yeah. of like the amount of years we've been here relative to how long Earth's been around. But the amount of damage we've done is just oh, in a, in, in, insane. In, in exactly, like Daniel was saying, in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Because uh, because y- y- you're, you're right. It's a very, like, Western-centric view to say, oh, humans are messing up the planet. No, humions were just fine. The Australian Aboriginals lived uh, in, 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 for 40,000 years. Yeah, song lines. Yeah. Dream time. <laughs> dream, dream time. <laughs> they lived in the dream time for 40,000 yeah. years. Yep. And you haven't read up on Aboriginal Australians. You should. Oh, not recently? Oh, there you go. <laughs> Although I just connect that, and I think I might have mentioned this when you were in twelfth grade. The reason why we can't understand the dream time is because we don't have a term for it in English. We yeah, just, we don't. So it is impossible for us to truly understand it. And yeah, time never, itself is it. time itself is just language. Oh God, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, and there's yeah. some, there there's, there might be some physicists out there uh, who are listening to this podcast who are like, "What? No, time is real." Uh, really? Where's time? Show me a time. <laughs> show, show me time. <laughs> show me. Show me yeah. time. I guess no. You can show me the effects of time. It's like it's two o'clock. How do you describe that? Or sh- look, show me, show me two. Show two on your fingers. Oh no, math. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah math isn't real. Uh, we, we we can elaborate on that, but uh, oh yeah, God. why is it why is it? Yeah, math we we real? had this we had this math teacher, Mr. <laughs> Butler. He was <laughs> like, coincidentally, was my calculus teacher too. Yeah, he was my calculus teacher as well, and like he just you know tell Mr. Fuentes math isn't real and all that stuff. And I, I I'd go to Mr. Fuentes, I'd say yeah math or sorry sorry math, math is real is real. He math is real. real. I'd go to him and he's like yeah, math is real. Like, no, it's not, and just be back and forth and. uh do you oh. guys agree at all or not really? Okay, so so I'll, I guess I'll, I'll let you in personally. Personally, uh, uh, Butler and I get along great. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. It's fine. We, we definitely put on a bit of a show uh, for the students. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I, I know the way he acts in his room. That fucking Fuentes is with the Damn! Yeah, bobbing his head like a feline predator, like walking along. <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. I, I love he, go, he goes like this like every, yes. every time yes. I go in this class. Yes. I mean, so the, the argument that because we, we do we do actually disagree on that point, mm-hmm. but 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 the argument's a really old one, which is is math created or discovered? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, you know, like many mathematicians, thinks it's discovered, and I think it's created. Um, mm-hmm. Where I don't think there's any evidence of an objective mathematics that exists out in some like Platonic world of forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's man-made. I think it's very useful. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like you know talk smack about math in that way. It's incredibly helpful. I would prefer a mathematician and engineer build a bridge than a, you know an artist. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or heaven forbid a philosopher. <laughs> philosopher. <laughs> Those goddamn philosophers. Yeah. So okay, so that's kind of, that's kind of another another question because I feel like and this is something I remembered when learning even in even in college when I took some philosophy classes sure. that when you're in a philosophy class. I feel like you're just being taken through, you know, different eras and, and different thinkers. And sometimes it feels like you learn about one philosopher and it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. And then next week 
you learn about a different philosopher who completely you know discredited everything the last philosopher said. You're like, oh, that of course, like that makes so much more sense. Yeah. And then you go to somebody else, and it, it just keeps feeling like everything you learn about in the moment is like so brilliant, makes so much sense. And then there's somebody else who came up with a logical reason to dispute it. So as someone such as yourself that's like studied so many different philosophers and theories and looked at it from so many different angles how is it kind of like how how you personally like is it possible to even identify with anything when it seems like the next thing you read just like disproves what you just read uh well uh, to me that's the whole appeal of philosophy okay. is the fact that there is no like one solid answer because mm-hmm. anything that you say anything that you say somebody out there will disagree with you mm-hmm. and i think then it just becomes an exercise in critical thinking to me mm-hmm. that's the main utility of philosophy and that's yeah. why it should be taught mm-hmm. now because it, it, when it becomes an intellectual circle jerk which unfortunately it, it is in some academia yeah um then to me it's utterly worthless well, when you detach it from ordinary life to me the main utility is to be able to challenge people's thinking mm-hmm. and challenge people's beliefs mm-hmm. if you can honestly accept and it's a difficult thought for humans to naturally accept if you can honestly accept the uh, the thought i might be wrong Mm-hmm. about this deeply held belief that I have. Yeah. Great. Then we're on the way to living in a more peaceful society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't it? Uh, who was it? Immanuel Kant. Oh, Kant. Yeah. Uh, he, he was talking about, like, you know, he kind of came up with the whole critical thinking aspect of it, didn't he? Like, the well, whole public sphere. It, it, the... in, in many ways, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, I mean, you know, I, I think I, I might have mentioned Kant, like, for, like, two days with you guys. Yeah. We, we did Descartes, then Hume, and then Kant. And and it is funny that yo you're exactly like Aaron was saying they the uh, philosophers just counter yeah. contradict now but but then eventually you do have to like take some kind of stand mm-hmm. you know uh, and yeah, it can change it's not like okay I guess I'm a Stoic philosopher and that's it mm-hmm. um, but like for for example you try to find a foundation for me it's Wittgenstein and then mm-hmm. build off from there but 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 even from that foundation you can still split off into totally different uh, schools of so thought. so would you mm-hmm. say learning about Wittgenstein really inspired you to or built you built your philosophy per se like like what sorry my question is like what philosopher really you know inspired you to to even teach philosophy or or to or to to think the way you do think well wittgenstein definitely and then a guy that came after him uh rorty richard rorty Mm -hmm. who i don't think i had i haven't had a chance to teach him the last couple years because oh really you taught it to us he's more modern right much more modern yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and uh because he he gets a lot of wittgenstein's ideas and uh presents it in a postmodern package Mm. um and and it's this idea of like questioning objective truth and uh really like getting past like uh, objective ethics and 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 that's what i really like about philosophy is being able to challenge and question Mm -hmm. um and i mean that's what every philosopher does that's the one thing they all have in common everyone from like socrates to sartre uh is just questioning and just having that exposing stupidity uh, and dumb belief. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I remember learning in, in 10th grade. Because we did philosophy also in 10th grade. That's right. With but Perry that Perry. was like really ancient philosophers. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah cool, I yeah. remember learning, I think it was like, it was like the guy, maybe it was the guy before Democritus. Maybe Which it was one? Democritus. It was someone who was like, okay, basically, if I'm going to walk to this tree, as I walk to the tree, before I get to the tree, I got to get halfway to the tree. Oh, before yeah, I get halfway, doctors. you got to go halfway of the halfway. And then you could keep going halfway to the tree. And you could infinitely go halfway to your destination. So he's like, well, technically, like, uh, yeah. like reality or like movement or whatever, it, it, it's an illusion. Because yeah. how can you, how can you actually get anywhere? That was, I don't know if you, if that you uh, that uh, Parmenides. I think. Parmenides, yeah. And then the Democritus was like, oh, well, then you have like, you get to a point oh, the atom, where, yeah, where the, the, the atom, where you can't, you can't go any any further. Yeah. Yes. So I just, I, but I remember learning about that, and then that went to, like the atom theory. 
and then they were like, oh, there are like chair atoms and desk atoms <laughs> that are like hard and you know and, and yeah. dark, and then there are yeah, like yeah. cheese atoms which are tasty and soft and <laughs> stupid ideas. But at the time, it, I'm sure it made perfect sense to them. Oh, it's hilarious! Can you imagine <laughs> being being Democritus, the guy who came up with the idea of the atom? And like you know, all your all your uh, contemporaries saying like, "Wow, you are such a fucking idiot! You think things are made out of atoms? <laughs> Everyone knows the world's made out of fire, like you know, <laughs> yeah, fire and water." Yep. No, and I feel like philosophy changes over time, and, and I feel like it's very similar to science. Like yes. science, oh, yeah. science advances, mm-hmm. and I think science in a way is philosophy. Yes, uh, you know? I, I, I will always maintain this: science is a philosophy of knowledge and a very efficient one. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but but a lot of its roots do come from classical Greece. Have you have you ever debated like hardcore with another philosopher? Have you ever gotten mad at another philosopher? No, because okay. I, I I don't take it personally. I would only get mad if they said something like just incontroversially like stupid. <laughs> Come no, on, no, 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 no. <laughs> like uh, uh, something ethical. Like um, I'll give I'll give you an example. So uh, in uh, Plato's Republic, uh, Socrates usually keeps his cool in most of the dialogues. He's usually very witty, very funny. Yeah, uh, he only loses his temper I think a couple times. And one of the times he gets uh, into an argument with this guy named Thrasymachus, probably mispronouncing it, Thrasymachus. And Thrasymachus basically asks the really like edgy question of like, oh, why do I, wh- why would I want to be good? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, wh- wh- what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. why would I want to be good? Like, what's stopping me from like doing like bad, doing bad things and yeah. profiting yeah. off of them? And like, you know, it, so isn't, uh, uh, you know, injustice just? That's one of the only things that pisses off Socrates. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, let me take you through why that is so stupid, like you know, point <laughs> yeah. by point. Yeah. You know, uh, actually, I actually got in a fight with my girlfriend at the time because of philosophy. Um, oh, really? It was oh, actually <laughs> my freshman year of college. Uh, I went to, I go to this honors college that's very similar to core, basically core. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about, I think it was Immanuel Kant and the public sphere. And now he's talking about how you have to listen to other people's opinion, even if they're stupid or even if they're, you know, even if you don't agree with it. Yeah. So my girlfriend was like, no. You have to listen to my opinion. Yeah, even no. They're stupid. And she's like, she's like. No, like if their opinion's stupid, it could be destructive, all that stuff. So you shouldn't listen to people if if they're opi- like. But I got so mad because I'm like, no, like my whole basis is like, you know, you gotta respect other people's opinion, no matter what it is, and you know, rebuttal them and make. Maybe you could try to change their mind, you know, if if you have a good argument. But I got in a whole fight because of philosophy. So well, good. I mean, that's kind of the purpose. Yeah. Uh, d- d- don't lose relationships over philosophy. <laughs> uh, most philosophers are single for a reason. Don't forget that. Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's another question I I had. For philosophers, okay, I'm sh- I'm just thinking like, my if your career is a philosopher, especially mm-hmm. in, the, in the old in, t- in the old times, sure, were these just like rich, just like trust fund babies? Like, what for do they the actually mo- do to? For the most part, yeah. yes. Yeah. For the most part, yes. Uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein was obscenely rich. His family was. Uh, Plato was a total Chad. Uh, no, seriously. Oh no, because because he, he was an athlete. Uh, he got you know Plato oh. just means broad shouldered. He was a wrestler. <laughs> Wait, so his that. parents called him Plato? No, his friends called him Plato. Oh, so like, what was his name? He was like, uh, uh, I forget his I forget his real name. It was like something very Greek sounding. But Plato's mm. his nickname. It oh, just means broad shoulder. I never it, knew that. He's just this absolute unit of a philosopher. Like this. this, <laughs> this dude, that's really funny. Uh, in fact, I'm trying to think of philosopher. Hume was also fairly well off. To my knowledge, one of the only philosophers who was like poor was Karl Marx. <laughs> <laughs> funny enough, wow, that's funny. I don't know if we can go down that rabbit hole, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 funny because I, I I was just like thought I was like people just sit around and think all day. Yeah, yeah. Who who can do that? Yeah, it's yeah. like they're not getting like they're getting like donations, like donate to my philosophy Donate's. class. Yeah, so I can sit around and think. But all philosophers day. do have followers now, and they and they sure they do have people that support their ideas. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, sure, sure. A- and you know, depending on what they say and who they are. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, and I do have to tell you, uh, and, and and speaking very sincerely, for me personally, a big goal of mine is 
for me, the philosophy itself is ultimately unimportant. Mm-hmm. What's important is just the ability to think and then articulate that thought mm-hmm. uh, for my students. Because my my goal, my dream is for you guys to be able to go into any college classroom, any philosophy classroom or any humanities classroom mm-hmm. and be able to kind of hold your head up high mm-hmm. and be able to engage in any kind of participation and not be intimidated by like, you know, uh, some white boy who read like Kant once and thinks yeah. like, oh, he's such hot shit. And, and I say it's especially uh, keeping a very um, uh, like keep, keeping a close eye on especially my students of color, especially uh, girls. Mm-hmm. who I think uh, suffer more from this. Philosophy is overwhelmingly male and overwhelmingly white, even even today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, for those of you who, who don't know, I'm not white, I'm Mexican. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all our Spotify and uh, <laughs> Apple podcast listeners. Just, uh, j- just, just so you're aware where this is coming from. And so, because uh, I've noticed that, like, especially in college uh, classrooms where you usually have, you know, usually well-intentioned, uh, usually guy, usually white, uh, who really just dominates the conversation. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes uh, will shut down other students, again, especially uh, uh, women of color, because perhaps they, they're not trained in the same way that the, you know, the, this guy is. And they'll shut down conversation by asking a really pointed question. Like, okay, well, what do you think about that? Or what do you think about like this and that? Mm-hmm. And many times, like, you know, uh, uh, and then you know, their voice gets shut down. Yeah. Ooh, it gives me no greater pleasure. Ooh, it gives me no <laughs> greater pleasure than to think of, uh, of one of my students, especially a girl, especially a student of color, being able to just like sass one of these idiots. Uh, <laughs> well, well, uh, it, it, do you think we can think without words? Because I think you know that's just a word that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, to be, being able to like use Wittgenstein because Wittgenstein is a weapon. You, you can make oh, someone yeah, feel yeah. and I have to be very careful with that. And that's something that I think I need to be more conscious of. Is you can very easily make someone feel super stupid with yeah. Wittgenstein. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's something you got to be aware of. But it's almost like an intellectual weapon. I, I am arming you to, but 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 to defend yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Wittgenstein was crazy. I, I also remember with Wittgenstein, this was like this is like one of my most standout memories. Mm-hmm. The photo that you used for Wittgenstein, it looked like he was in an insane oh. asylum. Like yeah. the dude is like giving yeah. this like crazy yeah. look. The the wall people behind were, people, him, there the wall girls, behind him was like scratched up. Yeah, yeah. and then girls were like, day, "Oh, he's hot." One yeah. day, out of nowhere, Mister yeah. Fuentes asked our class, "He's like, quick question." <laughs> Do you guys think Wittgenstein is hot? <laughs> and then the girls were like, "Yes." I was like, "What the? What is he talking about?" This guy looks like a like a madman. He looked insane. He looks insane. Oh we God. can put the photo up on screen right now in case you're watching the podcast. But yeah, yeah it was it was completely bizarre. But uh, so, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, core girls have low standards. Um, <laughs> <I> th- <laughs> we'll look at the core boys. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, no, and you're absolutely right. And, yeah. I, and I did that just to fuck around to yeah. be funny. Um, but no, every single year, sincerely, I get like a handful really? of people, usually girls, who are like, "Wow, Wittgenstein's hot." And I get it. If your competition is some of the other jokers, like in terms of <laughs> philosophers, uh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he has a certain bad boy look. To Charm. Him, I guess. He does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> All right. So I have to ask because we, you know, I just want to make sure we have time for this question. Oh, sure. What is the meaning of life? <laughs> oh boy, uh, I so put that's that, a I, big question. I, I put that question in like five minutes before you. I know. Up. I just saw <laughs> like, wait, what? The meaning of life. Okay. Wait, wait, but before we start that, I have a, I have another question. Okay. Do you have any? Do you have any philosophers? Um, I mean, do you have any students that that are doing are going down the philosophy route now? Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, so so I, I keep in touch with a lot of students. Okay. Evidently. Yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, I keep in touch with a lot of students, and uh, th- there are a number of students who are either studying philosophy or at least are just very interested in it as a nice. subject and, and they reach out you know pretty mm-hmm. consistently they'll, they'll email great. me or 
uh, or sometimes they'll, you know, they'll message me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for instance, so I, I guess let me give a shout out to a few uh, people who uh, I've kept in, you know, regular uh, touch with. Yeah. Um, Eileen Ramos, class of uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah, she, she's great. Uh, I, I don't, uh, she's not majoring in philosophy, but she's always been very interested in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashton, uh, for a class of uh, 2020. Yeah. Uh, I keep in touch with him. He's also very interested in it. And, uh, you know, a- a- anybody else? Oh, in fact, uh, uh, I don't know if, if you want me to drop my, uh, my email. Uh, in this podcast, yeah, go sure. for it. I mean, if, yeah. if, if any of you are interested in reaching out, you want readings, you have questions, you can always reach out to me, uh, afuentes at corebaby.org. That's A F U E N T E S at C O R E B A B Y dot org. Plug yeah, it. we could also drop it like in the oh, in the link, the link yeah, for sure. Yeah, and also sure. before you talk about this meaning of life thing, I wanted to I wanted to say I keep I you know I keep in touch with Fuentes as well. Um, I was bugging him for a year now to send me a video that. <laughs> very much regret making uh, for for a twelfth grade oh project. God. Okay. All right. You know, l- 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 <laughs> let me. All right. You you can talk about the video, but let me describe the pro- the project, which I have come to really regret because students have gotten crazier and crazier. Yeah. Have yeah. they really? Yes. Uh, okay. So it was crazy our year. So unit two, uh, for for, for us is existentialism, and one of the themes we talk about in existentialism is free will. And I, <laughs> this sounds so stupid. I challenge the students to basically create a project about free will, and they have b- a blank check. Like they can do an art project, they can do a performance piece, they could do a video, whatever. Like something that has to do with the theme of of, of free will. And, and you know, there's prompts, so it's not completely open ended. But students have done increasingly bizarre things <laughs> to show that they are indeed free. Was that the prompt? What? Free will. I thought it was about uh, the dude with the eyes. It was the eyes. Well, well yeah, there were options, and there okay. was another one okay. with uh, the the gaze of the other. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Of. I don't even know. I don't even remember what our theme was. You just I just know there were so Nazis involved. Oh, okay, well, go ahead oh, and describe your project, and then and then we can talk about it. So me, me, Ari, uh, Alex, and. Uh, who, I think Spencer, Spencer also yeah. helped. Jews helped out too. All Jews, all Jews. By the way, except Alex. Plus Alex. Alex dressed up as Hitler. Yeah, uh, it was terrible. I really didn't want to do this, and for some reason, Ari <laughs> and also Jared. For some reason, they were I don't they were that. they were really really <laughs> into doing a uh, World War II video with Nazis and all that stuff. Yeah. I I really really didn't want to like dress up as a Nazi. I didn't want to wear a swastika. I didn't want to do all that stuff. I'm like, no, hell no. Like I'm Jewish. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I ended up doing it. Peer and pressure. It was terrible, and I regret it. Um, we put like a disclaimer in the beginning of the video. It was funny. But um, your mom was pissed. I recall my mom was pretty mad. She was like, why the hell are you wearing a swastika? Like, why? why Fair question. Fair question. And people were looking at <laughs> us. Ima, Ima, we, were, we were filming at a hiking place and people. <laughs> yeah, were receipt a point. Receipt a point. You're receipt a very point. public area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and people were looking at Alex dressed up as Hitler with a stash. And like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was hilarious because we said somewhere in Germany, but we rolled up with a car that said California on the license plate. <laughs> yeah. And like he had like vans on. It was like really, really funny. It, but if, if I recall, it was, it was pretty well, uh, well shot. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, I, I really, was, was I really like film production. <laughs> the production value was up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I basically uh, was asking Fuentes for it for a while now. He sent me with like a subject Nazi video. FBI, oh, yeah. please don't flag yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to mention it. it was it was hilarious. No, no, y- that was a definitely a standout video. Uh, I think from from your year, uh, the videos that really stood out were that one for obvious reasons. Yeah. There's also the, I don't know if you remember the one that the swim boys made. The one that what? The the the, the boys from the swim team. Oh, with Robert and yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was really romantic. That was raunchy. <laughs> I remember at the end, I, I I did like a like gouging. Who who gouged the eyes out? Uh, the from the from the story, the gouging from your eye. It was a whole theme. Oedipus. 
yeah, Genesis Rex? Like that. Yeah, yeah. So he like got like me or Ari or something gouging my eyes out. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was violent. Yeah, that was terrible. Oh god, that was anyway. pretty edgy. You guys were teenage boys, yeah. It was uh, like two years ago too, so it's like it's it doesn't. That's the whole thing with COVID. It doesn't feel that long because like oh, yeah. I was only I was only in college for maybe like less than a year on uh-huh. campus. Yeah. Everything else like I was not on campus, so it just mm-hmm. feels like high school was not that long ago, which sure. it wasn't. It wasn't too long ago, but it was. It's still it's mm-hmm. it feels like a long time, but it, it's not really a long time. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Anyway, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm still hung up with that story. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Fuentes. Yes. What is the meaning of life? Oh, what meaning is of the life. meaning of life? Oh, easy question. Speaking okay. of Nazis. Speaking of Nazis. Good, <laughs> good, good transition. Thank you. Oh, thank man. You. Well, okay. Uh, I, I, I really don't say this to be like a, a troll because you're, you're probably going to predict what I'm going to say, but it really does depend on how you define meaning uh, mm-hmm. and, and life for that matter. Um because if, if if by meaning I assume you mean something like a like a purpose like a like a reason to like be I mean here. like we're all just like walking around in our meat suits like living our lives but like <laughs> what suits. what is like the what, what's the mean like what's the purpose that we have on this earth that you think um well I mean that's a tough one is I it mean, to just like pursue you know pursue pleasure and uh, I pain? oh I don't think so that's like, the, uh, the, the what's his name that's hedonism uh and uh, which is just philosophical yeah, yeah. Uh, school of thought no I I totally disagree with that I I don't think um I don't think it's it's a pleasure principle mm-hmm. purpose purpose is separate from pleasure and i think actually that's a big problem that a lot of people today have mm-hmm. is people confuse pleasure with with uh with purpose or they assume just because something makes you feel good that you ought to do it mm-hmm. um yeah that leads to all sorts of sticky situations mm-hmm. <laughs> okay rather this is the way i think about it uh i think albert camus put it very well uh the way he formulated the question the infamous question of suicide uh what is stopping you from killing yourself like is there anything like why not like if there is no reason to live if there's no purpose to life then why not just end yourself mm-hmm. and that is is a very macabre question but i think a good place to kind of launch it well what does stop us from killing ourselves and you would say things like well faith um pe- other people relationships um seeking some kind of goal mm-hmm does answer your question. <laughs> yeah. The meaning of life is very uh, is very much separate for everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I, t- t- for me to say this is the meaning of life and then apply it to you assumes so much. Uh, pff, I, I would never do that. Anybody who claims to have the meaning of life to me is an idiot or a charlatan. So you just uh, got to find your own meaning. Well, in a sense. I mean, you could even debate that. Like mm-hmm. finding, like what, what do you mean by finding? Mm. Yeah. Uh, like, is there a true Aaron that exists out in the world that's <laughs> waiting to be uh, right here uncovered? <laughs> there he is, doing yeah. the summer pod. Yeah. Doing the summer pod. No, and it's true. And I, I remember, I remember in class you were like, you were, I think you were talking about this, and you were like, oh, what's stopping you from just driving down, driving yeah. down the road, <laughs> yeah, and just because like. I think we've all thought about it. Like, yeah. what's really stopping you from just cranking the wheel into oncoming traffic? Yeah. Like, when there's no barrier. I think about that, too. Like, But you never do it. I mean, but, imagine but the thoughts, you know, some, oh, sometimes It's so crazy that you get into, like, an Uber or or you get into, like, on a bus or with a friend driving. You're not the driver. Who knows? They could, they could like, have, like, a little glitch in their head and, and, and just yeah. turn the wheel. And robot. Yeah. It's just crazy to think how easy it is to just... It's it's a so, it's a sombering thought, and actually talking about existentialism for a second, yeah. to me that's one of the main utilities of existentialism is it helps prepare you for death by thinking about it. Mm-hmm. In in our culture in particular, in America, I mean, we don't like to think about death yeah. or talk about death. It's a very taboo subject. It's a very grim one, and it's something that happens to everyone sometime or another. And I've noted that uh, <laughs> people are real. People get shocked when they realize, oh my god, 
I'm going to die one day. Like, mm-hmm. I could just die. Uh, there could be an earthquake right now. Uh, one of those branches could fall and kill you. Uh, that would be horrible luck. We do the podcast for one week at Warren's <laughs> house and we die. That's terrible. It's but possible. it's possible. It's possible. Unlikely, but. And it's a horrifying thought. Um, anything could happen. Anything, yeah. It could happen. No, it is scary. And it's just. But I, I also think, because I, I, it kind of goes both ways. Like, I feel like that, you know, it goes to show how, like, finite your time is here. Yes. And how. For for lack, you know, you're how irrelevant you are in the grand scheme of the universe. But yeah. it also it also could be kind of motivating, very motivating. Because it's like, well, you might as well just live your life, do do as much as you can, see what you can see, and just you know live life to the fullest. Because because you know it it, it is true. Yeah, yes. uh, you you never know how long you have. You only here. yolo once. <laughs> you only yolo <laughs> once. <laughs> you only only live once once. Um, elegantly put. Yeah, elegantly thank you. Put. Uh, but I, I was also saying that. I think my th- my theory I don't I don't have anything to back this up with, but like once you die I feel like all the knowledge comes to you or like you understand how like, <laughs> you, like I, I like don't when, have anything like to back this once up you, with once you <laughs> die once you die you're just like oh okay like I was so stupid that's like but we can't we will never I feel like we'll never be capable of knowing the meaning of life or any oh I doubt it like that? Oh, but perhaps the, but, but perhaps there's meaning in the search yeah yeah. Could it's be. not the destination; it's the journey. Oh my to, god! To put it, yeah. <laughs> well, you know that comes from Taoism, and and, and that's not incorrect. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not. No, I think I think I think I think it ha- actually holds a lot of truth. That a lot of, a lot, and, and it's kind of like, um, kind of like in school where it's like, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really matter where you end up getting in terms of like what you end up learning in the end, Correct. or how you ended up learning it. Correct. And that's where the true value is is in that is in that process because a lot of a lot of your your skills you you build is in the process getting to that end goal. That's right. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's for anything in life. I, I got a really good transition. Oh, speaking of life, where do you see yourself in twenty years? Oh boy, uh, hopefully alive. Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I don't know. I mean uh, I'm happy at Cleveland now. Um, yeah. I'm getting my master's degree, so who knows? I mean mm-hmm. if I ever uh, feel like it, I could move up into mm-hmm. higher ed. Yeah. Um, how, how is your master's? Like, what are you doing? Exactly? Oh, so yeah, so I'm at a master's program at CSUN, uh, major or uh, getting a master's in uh, rhetoric and composition, wow, uh, right. or like you know, uh, and it's, it, with an emphasis on how to teach uh, writing. Mm. And uh, I actually uh, I finished my uh, my my thesis last semester. Okay, what was uh, your thesis on? Well, okay, so <laughs> actually, <laughs> this is something that might interest core kids in particular. Yeah. It was a very long like. 30-page analysis of timed writing assessments <laughs> and and how oh. how useful they are. Oh, useful. Yeah. Very useful. Very useful. <laughs> my 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 conclusion was uh put very crudely uh not very. Uh the what I found was and what most research indicates is that timed writing exams um are not an accurate reflector of student knowledge yeah or writing ability. Uh at least in the way that they're traditionally uh, administered mm. and the main reason why people do them even though they're not all that effective mm-hmm. is because you're still expected to do them on standardized tests yeah mm-hmm. uh and they're easy to administer and it's very hard to cheat on them i'm gonna be honest with you uh iue's core taught me r- how to bs really well yeah I- in college i had essays that were due like the next day and i'd have like all these other assignments that were way more important yeah and in like an hour i just type a whole essay up I'd get like a great grade because I'm, you know, I'm just good at writing now, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm good at, I guess you could say, BSing. So is is, the, is there a value in it? 
Yeah, I mean, well, and don't get me wrong. There is value in it mm-hmm. to, uh, exactly as, as Daniel said, to yep. train you to write. And some kids mm-hmm. need that pressure. They need that oh, yeah. fire under mm-hmm. their ass to like, yeah. oh, man, I need, I need to do this. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like it's completely worthless. I, 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 I don't want to give you that impression. I, I think there is value to it. Mm-hmm. However, um, I think it would be better to have different, uh, like a variety of assessments, mm-hmm. not, not just these in-class essays. And, to, and and I had the insight of being a ninth grade and twelfth grade teacher. Um, shocker, uh, essay, essay writing, particular IUE writing, really did not change much from like students to students. Like a mm. B student in ninth grade was typically a B student really? in twelfth grade. Yeah, I, I saw very little difference. For me, it was different because like for me, I, I would, I mean, I wasn't like a great writer per se. Coming to Coil, that's what I was worried about. I was worried about like you know, this is a humanities school. I'm like not really amazing at writing or anything like that how am i going to do well but it it takes you at like a gradient like it takes you like you know step by step Mm -hmm. and coming out of core i'm like such a better writer i have so uh, like i have Mm -hmm. a great vocabulary you have a really good vocabulary i have a i have a it's an amazing it? vocabulary. Uh, it's a, a gooder vocabulary. A gooder, a gooder way gooder than uh, ninth grade. Way more gooder. Way more better. Way, way, way better gooder. gooder. Yeah. No, anyways, and I, anyways, I definitely but, also, I think I have the same, the same yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. I, there have been times where I've gone to my computer back to like my ninth grade, like <laughs> late, like late Blanc <laughs> essays or like bless me all's mass essays. And I'm like, oh I'm like, God. yo, I literally put a rhetorical question in my like, in my like intro. Yeah. Like my thesis was, was a question like, you know, so I, I definitely saw that improvements. Okay. But, okay. um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it would be the and you were in tracks, so and maybe you'd appreciate this uh, this analogy. But it, it's basically like, how do you get people to run better? Just run more. Run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how do you get how do you write better? Just write. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely true. I, but I also think, and this is kind of like you know, I think because w- when you say there should be like more ways to kind of test students, because I think testing yeah. by and large is kind of messed up how it's done in uh, oh sure yeah in high school. Like I always thought this is always my theory. If I was like superintendent, it would just be. Like your, your your final exam or like the essays would just be like you sit down with your teacher and you just have a conversation. And it's like a conversation about the material where it's like, okay, what's your opinion on this? Or what do you think about And the teacher can ask you questions and you're not worried about like multiple choice or fill in the blank, but it's literally based on just what do you know? And then you can also build like, you know, your communication skills, your speaking skills, being able to like actually talk to someone, formulate your ideas. And then based on that, the teacher can kind of synthesize how well you actually know the information by, I mean, it's kind of, it might be hard to do logistically, but. Well, for a final, I think that would be very problematic mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the subjective nature of the, yeah, of, the of the instructor. But that is actually a good idea mm-hmm. in terms of teaching students interview skills. Mm. I think it's not, I know I, I don't want to degrade your idea. I think it's a good one. I think that unfortunately it's not very practical. Yeah. Because consider how many students like I have. That's what you said about my conspiracy theory club. <laughs> I yes. tried to start in twelfth yes. grade. It's not very. Yes. Oh, I remember that. It's not <laughs> very practical. It could be problematic. <laughs> it's well, no. I mean, no, I don't want to lose my job. Uh, yeah, it never happened. Oh my That's God. why I started Checkers Group. Oh, I remember that. Because because your brother, my brother David, David was, uh, he started chess club. Yeah, and then so I wanted to start checkers club to uh, get back at him for not making me the president. Um, but Ooh. then I didn't file the paperwork in time, so it wasn't a club; it was they're, a group. They're pretty strict about that. checkers That's group. That's funny. Yeah, and we did it for one week, and and yeah, the the checkers boards I printed out were like the wrong checkers boards. Like they had the wrong amount of like uh, like squares on them. Anyway, I think my sister's. Uh, I think she made a club as well. I'm not. I'm not sure what it's called, what but club? it's like an environmental one. She did it with Lacante. Oh, Lacante. Yeah. I read on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Love that man. But anyways. See any good uh, movies lately? <laughs> I gotta ask. Any good movies, TV shows? <sighs> Shoot, what have you know? I have to be honest with you. I don't watch a whole lot of movies or uh, or TV. What's well, kind of like your entertainment source? Like where do you? Yeah, go do to? you play video games? Do you like? Uh, 
man, I haven't played video games in so long. Uh, gosh, I mean, honestly, what I do for fun now is mostly just like read. read books. Okay. Like, I love walking. Walking? Walking is my favorite activity. Walking's nice. Yeah. Walking and thinking. Walking and reading in Sequoia. I, I can't can't quite do that. I did go camping. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. How was I, that? I was up in the redwoods. Uh, a lot of fun. Loved it. Yeah. That's uh, great. Love camping. Uh, and I actually I, I have to say uh, Lacante is the one who really uh, inspired me to take up camping. Oh really? Yeah. Like, I, I, I see his Instagram. He bikes so yeah. far. Oh, does he really? Yeah. yeah he has a he has like yeah. a hybrid bike uh, like I, or not yeah, a hybrid yeah. like the the wheels are thin. Right. The wheels it's like a street bike. But he takes it up in mountains and he goes to yeah. Hollywood and he and he. Yeah, Doesn't wow. he bike to? I think when I had him, because I, I had him in ninth grade, he said he he biked all the way from his house in Hollywood um, to Reseda to um, to. Cleveland. Oh yeah, no, he does a no. He, he, right now, I don't know where he is right now. Right now, but as of a couple of weeks ago, he's up in Washington. Wow. Mm. He he biked through Oregon and Washington. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so incredible. I, I have to thank him a lot for uh, really inspiring me because I, I I didn't really do camping before that. Yeah. Okay. And he was the one who was like, "Come on, Albert! Like we're gonna go camping on the weekend." Like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. I don't know. Oh, that's really nice. You know, he 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 inspired me to eat trail mix. Yeah, because he <laughs> in ninth grade he'd always he just like nibble you. on his like on his uh, on his nuts. <laughs> Oh on God. his nutsack. Did he say that? He, he <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he he would just he would just eat you know all the the all the nuts, <laughs> all the nuts. <laughs> the way he ate it. <laughs> it's can you can you reenact how, how did how did he eat it? He just go like, I don't know, like like. Oh with yeah, his, he does do with that. His mouth, he does he, do that. Yeah. I don't know, but like ever since then, I always have those uh, nutsacks handy from. Oh my God. Oh boy. Yeah. No, it's cool because like. I you know my my family goes you know we go camping and um actually went backpacking recently oh uh, nice with, with with Jared actually oh where uh clouds rest in Yosemite oh right on um, okay. yeah. Mount uh what was it Mount Baldy Mount Baldy that, that was, was another we did one, that as a training hike yeah um for for clouds rest but Yosemite's beautiful and everything but the, the thing about camping I feel is that if you if you grow up doing it and your parents take you to do it then you do it but i feel like for people who weren't raised doing it it's not something you instinctively like oh i'm gonna go camping but unless you have someone right, who brings you into it yeah, yeah. exactly exactly so that, that that's cool he kind of because didn't you also do you did um zion we did zion yeah and you did angels landing and it is oh angel oh. that is a crazy hike. hike yeah right on the cables oh yeah that oh was a lot God. of fun yeah that's um, that's there, there was a story that i brought up uh from the other podcasts it was like the first one remember the one the one i told you the guy fainted and all that stuff this guy was hiking also um in i think it was yosemite and oh, he, he was a patient that because i interned for a doctor and mm. um he the view is so beautiful he got down on his knees to pray and i guess when he got up like he got that. up too fast he fainted he oh. fell off a cliff oh after praying to god and then that's crazy he woke up on like a patch of flowers and wow. and yeah. the only thing he had was like a fractured collarbone. That's it. Huh. And yeah, tell me God doesn't exist. God's got, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, God is dead. God's just language. <laughs> he's, he's 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 got a sense of humor. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that that's that, that was like the craziest thing I've ever, like the craziest injury I've ever heard about. Um, huh. Yeah, that's insane. I don't know. how, anyways, you, how you survive that? Yeah. But uh, yeah, the views. I mean, especially now because a lot of the parks are opening back up, but yeah. now they're really yeah, yeah. busy. Yes. Like how, how how busy was it when you went recently? The Redwoods very Redwoods. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But pe- people all over the place. Where uh, is Redwood exactly? So Redwood National Park is uh, right by um, it, 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 if you know where Crescent City is up in Northern California, it's right next to the border of yeah. Oregon. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you drive up there, like if you've ever been that far up north, you think like Jesus Christ, this is still California. <laughs> uh, California is immense. Like you know, you go past the Bay Area and you're like, this is still California. Yeah, still California. yeah there are a lot of there's a lot of places in California that I mean, since we live in like Los Angeles, everything's you know 
the city all that stuff but once you go to like the rural areas yeah. you're like i can't believe this is still california you know yeah, this is yeah. this is what it's not what you think about when you think about california there's oh, yeah. so much land that's just there yeah yeah farms well, i mean to give you an idea where i was camping uh up in the redwoods the distance from there to san francisco is uh-huh. pretty much the same from here to san francisco wow <laughs> mm. wow wow that's cool yeah that's far that's far out bro far out far out, dude <laughs> yeah that's cool so okay so you just read a lot of philosophy books I did bring one. I brought a Nietzsche book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, Daniel. Daniel. I've been reading. Yes. A, we, we we've been reading this summer. We have oh, been reading, reading, I, reading as much as we can. I, I I read this book called Astrophysics for uh, People, people in, in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, okay. Um, it's pretty that? interesting because I'm, I'm I'm kind of interested. In, I I just got really interested in space and all that stuff. I'm not gonna go into it. It's a lot, but um, space is the it's place. just crazy to think about how small we are in this world, in this galaxy. Oh, good. Yes. You get a little cosmic scale that's always uh, humbling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ever thought about uh, writing a book? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would write it on, but I mean, I feel like I need to carry on that tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely. I definitely read it. Yeah, <laughs> that would be... I feel like if you're going to write a philosophy... Like, okay, I just writing a book in general, yeah. for me, is just like a, a cool but kind of crazy idea. Would And if, if it's about philosophy, do you think you would have to like... Because I feel like you would have to have something substantial... To, oh yeah, to, to put out it's into actually you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I mean, you think do you think you're gonna make your own philosophy? Like, would you? Oh, was that a no, goal? I, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm uh, hardcore enough for that. To, like, make up my own philosophy. Yeah. But, I mean, what I would want to write about is a book on how to teach philosophy mm. uh, at the high yeah. school. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't know if there are any like books out there that. Wait, do wh- that. what was Mr. Lid's book called? Uh, so he has a couple books yeah. actually. His first book is a teacher's guide to postmodernism, or okay. a teacher's introduction to postmodernism. Mm. Sorry. And then his uh, second book is uh, Are We Animals Like All the Rest, Volume mm. 1 and 2. <laughs> uh, and he's still writing. He, he writes wow. essays all the time. Mm-hmm. He sends them to me. Uh, you know, he'll email me, read this, Albert. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll get mad at me if I don't read it uh, within like a week. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like that would be like, how to teach philosophy because like we were saying, your teaching style is something that is memorable. And I kind of feel like it's something that should be applied to also other classes. You know, because oh. because <laughs> the thing like I understand philosophy is something that's difficult and you want to make it engaging. But like when you go from like your class to then you go to your math class and then you go to your science class and it's just like, the, you know, the same old, you know, lecture out of the book or, you know, off of like, a, sure. a regular PowerPoint. I feel like teaching it really, especially nowadays, it needs to just be like really engaging. I mean, it's kind of a lot to ask, but I just feel like <laughs> it doesn't need to be. But I feel like the most effective way to reach students yeah. in, in this day and age is, is to make it as uh, as engaging for them as possible. But I mean, I'm, time and place, I guess. I'm not going to get on my old man's soapbox and be like, kids nowadays, yeah, they yeah. don't have yeah. any <laughs> attention spans with their Instagrams and their TikToks. Like, you know, uh, but, but there is something to be said. I think uh, attention span, generally speaking, it's not diminished, but it's different. Um, you guys are kind of on the cusp end of that, of a generation that, Im- imagine a generation of kids that were taught to use a smartphone before they learned how to read. Yeah. My brother, my brother's six years old, okay, so and he he knows how to operate an iPhone better yeah. than like my dad or anyone else, and like he's yeah. he's just, you know, it's it's crazy because that's what they grew up with, yeah. and that's what they know, and and like it's crazy to me to like they see a computer and they assume it's touchscreen, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's crazy. T- t- technology is moving faster than culture, mm-hmm. and definitely mm-hmm. faster than. Um, uh, pe- uh, uh, pedagogy or, or like philosophy. It almost feels like we're another generation where we're like it almost yeah. feels like I'm a I'm a different generation than yeah. my brother, but we're not. You know, it's, yeah, we're yeah, still yeah, the same generation. It's just. No, no, but I definitely feel like they're like the, those gaps are uh, are widening. Yeah, uh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, so speaking of technology, so I mean, many teachers teach in this very old school way mm-hmm. of like a lot of lecture. You know, yeah. here's like work, do yeah. it. 
and that's just not going to cut it anymore. Yeah. Uh, in terms of engaging students, it's just not going to yeah. cut it. Uh, students will, will not want to pay attention. They can't pay attention, and especially yeah. now during on Zoom. Oh boy, it's oh, even yeah, worse because it's like if you're 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 sitting on you're sitting on you know on, on your on your Zoom class. And the teacher just kind of talking, and you're, you know, maybe you're not on camera, so there's not that like you don't have those eyes on you in class, right? And then it just takes two seconds, you just pull out your phone, and then before you know it, you're just scrolling on Instagram, yep, crazy. and then yep. you look up and you're like, wait, what are we talking about? Yes, and it's every day for like a year. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I had a lot of insight from being a student myself at CSUN. I had mm-hmm. online classes, and yep. so I understood uh, how easily, easily one could get distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people uh, could just put their earphones in and go on a walk or, or do whatever else yeah. they want to do while listening to class and you don't get the same experience exactly. like your slideshows i remember that's something that <laughs> stuck with me your slideshows are really great because yeah. they're they're so it's almost like i don't know how to explain it. it's like a movie like it's like uh you know well, you don't know what's coming next you, you know you want to make a script for, yeah. for every uh mm-hmm. i mean it's not like the super detailed thing but i, I have a like script an outline for, for every for every there's a very logical time. progression of yes. what you do yeah. in class yeah it's, for sure it's, it's rehearsed uh, so yeah. by, like by a fourth period like you know i got it down but, yeah yeah uh, i think i was fourth period yes yeah. so, so <laughs> fourth, fourth period was always my that was always me at my best okay uh because i was uh, like fully awake i'd already gone through it a couple <laughs> times yeah uh, but 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 but, but as, as as to your point with uh, with Zoom, yeah, I was miserable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I sucked. And I mean, you know, I made the best of it that I could in the situation. But um, well, you know, I'll, I'll I'll ask you since you both had me as a, as a teacher. But h- how would you describe my teaching style then? Like like how would you describe like you know my class and and, and the way I operated? Yeah, in real definitely. Life? It's, okay, it's definitely engaging. Definitely. Uh, it's <laughs> a lot of it's a lot of like you asking us questions, trying to make us think, trying to like provoke us. Not provoke us, but like you you, you would kind of just say something and then try to get our opinions on it. I remember yeah. a lot. You would also like you would just like you would do something. You put up a slide. You like run out of the classroom. <laughs> I remember right one time you like it was like free will, and it's like oh what's oh, yeah, stopping you, you from leave. leaving? And then you just like I remember Dustin. Left. Dustin just left, and Dustin I and I I followed him, but then I came back. But. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you. You were like oh you free will to leave this class, and then you left the class. So yeah. then some kids got up and left. Then you like went. You like left the school. <laughs> he it. went outside the school, yeah. went around to the window, oh, and banged, banged on the window yeah. really loud to scare I remember us. we tried to lock you out. Oh, we yeah. tried to lock oh, you yeah, out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, was that with Spencer? I don't think. I think Spencer did it as well. But like with me and my friends, we just locked you out of class. Yeah, you just held the doorknob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely really funny. And I feel like every every day with your class, I would, you know, before coming in, I, I, it'd always be a surprise. I'm like, what is he gonna, what is, what is he gonna do today? You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I'll, I'll, oh, wait, he, he we pulled out a saw once. I remember. Oh, the saw. Like yeah. a legit saw. Like he yeah. had someone in the yeah. front, like blindfolded. Oh, he yeah. pulled out a saw. Yeah, anyway, right. yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have my props. Um, <laughs> so okay. So 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 the way I teach, if I could sum it up in a word, I guess it would be uh, theatrical. Right. And yep. because I see it as a performance, um, where where you know with with the live studio audience, yeah. Uh, that's the way I, I I see classroom. And and by the way, there's more than one way to be a good teacher, but that's kind of the way that I mm-hmm. stumbled upon it. Anyway. Um, so over Zoom, as you might imagine, that was very difficult to right. do. And b- big part of it was because, you know, obviously I can't see these kids. Many, most of them have their cameras off. Yeah. And I was a lucky teacher. I was very fortunate in that I never had a classroom, um, where nobody had their camera mm. on. And a lot of my colleagues complained about, a lot about mm-hmm. that. And so I was always lucky. I, I always had usually about, I usually had a good number. I usually had about a third of that's class good. with their cameras on. Okay. So that's not that's bad. Good. That's not bad. That, that, that's really good, actually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you just don't know what the other kids are doing. Yeah. So very quickly I figured out, okay, because what some teachers would do is, like, pick on the kids that had their cameras off, like, just to check if they right. were there. Yeah. I didn't bother. Mm. Um, because I figured I'm just going to waste time. 
It's mm-hmm. going to interrupt the flow of the overall lesson for the kids who are here and paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as much as possible, I tried to incorporate uh, media. All right, l- let me l- let me let you in like insight, like how the sausage is made, like how I make a lesson. How the sausage is made. <laughs> okay. With Fuentes. Okay. With Fuentes. <laughs> when I make a lesson, the first thing that I think of, and you can laugh, I start with an incredibly stupid idea, like something just <laughs> so absurd and entertaining. Okay. And then I build a lesson around that. For example, I really want to incorporate Dungeons and Dragons into my lesson <laughs> somehow. How can I do that? And then I build a lesson around that. Or, oh, you know, I can get a dead cat from Mr. Hayes. Maybe oh I should. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> oh, that was in your year. That was the class 20. Yeah, we never got the dead cat. Oh, yeah, dead yeah. That, that, we did a Schrodinger's cat thought experiment, and yeah. I borrowed a dead cat that they use for dissections. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. The anatomy department. And I had it in a box. You guys heard of the Schrodinger's cat paradox, right? No, I don't think you. No, I don't think I, so. I, I, don't, I don't think I did that with you guys. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's a very famous thought experiment, but it's this thought experiment in quantum physics where uh, uh, the idea being like, okay, if there's a cat in a box and uh, you can't perceive inside the box, you can't hear, you can't see, and there's a device that has a 50-50 chance of killing the cat, like exactly. 50/50. Oh, okay, I think I've heard yeah. this for it. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so the cat, it, without being observed, is in a superposition of being alive and dead, which is logically incoherent. It can't yeah. be alive and dead. Yeah. But as far as you know, like that's that's what it is, and you only collapse the wave function. It's called when you actually perceive. And so, so the the idea being that perception affects the outcome in quantum experiments. Now I got that, and I and I used a dead cat. So because I had a box, <laughs> and I didn't open it the whole period. Yeah. And people thought like, oh, he's got like a stuffed cat in there, like in, like a oh stuffed animal. Oh my god, that's terrible. Like, oh, look, kids, looks like it was dead. I can't believe it didn't get pulled out a real that. dead cat. I remember dissecting uh, pigs. I remember yes. like, we, Alex or like Ari or something. They like stuffed the they stuffed the the pieces of that a dead so pig in a locker. It was terrible. Oh, good heavens! I yeah, yeah. That. But anyways, so. Um, oh my god, I kind of lost my train of thought. That was a really funny story. I can't, I can't, I really cannot believe I got away with that dead cat. With that um, cat yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was your first year in doing philosophy. No, that was my that's twenty class of twenty twenty third year. Oh, third year. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, see, I, I was, I was, I was still figuring it out. Okay. But, yeah. but, oh, oh, so so then you know, so, so online, some of the yeah. th- some of the things I did on Zoom was, I really tried as hard as possible to like, um, y- y- you know, like like engage with students mm-hmm. in an online world. So, for instance, uh, like uh, especially first semester, uh, <laughs> they they invited me to a, a Discord server they made, and uh, so 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 I was on them on Discord and I was playing Among Us uh, with some of the kids during like breaks. I w- I'm terrible at that game, by the way, uh, and and just trying to do do things in the, in the in the lessons, like still using the powerpoints, yeah, 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 but yeah. changing them. So that, because I know that they're going to be doing it online. So I still had shit like jump. That's scares. great. I still had jump scares. I yeah, still had, uh, <laughs> I hated the jump scares. <laughs> and, and does it and does it work well with Zoom? Like when you do the share screen, does I, it I, I I made it work. Uh, like that's good because you know I could share the audio and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, teaching yeah. film was challenging for that reason. Oh, definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. Because uh, you know figuring out a way to stream the films. I actually really liked that. I mean, I, I had Dr. Cohen for it. It was actually really really because no, I, I, I really like film. It really made me appreciate cinematography so much more. Um, and I'm really happy that you guys were able to teach uh, other people who don't appreciate film as much. Oh, yeah. Like now now people are looking at these films and like oh mise-en-scene or like motifs and all this stuff right, and right, right. and it's very uh you know it's very good to to teach other people how hard it is to make a film That's right. and how cool it is you know how every little if you take a still it could be like an art piece yeah you know, that's how you know mm-hmm. it's a good film absolutely yeah. and, and, and that was hard to translate online like anything else oh yeah mm-hmm. definitely um as much as possible i still tried like going to clubs you know all, all via zoom yeah, clubs, hosting office hours. I'd, I'd still get kids coming in and having like mental breakdowns. They, like, had, they had Zoom clubs. Yeah, they still had oh, clubs. I didn't know that. They met huh. over Zoom. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
Uh, video games are very popular, as you might imagine. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and just do, do, doing like online stuff, like just having an online presence. Like I got back on social media when I had uh-huh. you know been on for mm-hmm. for a while. I reactivated my Instagram account just to better keep in contact with mm-hmm. students. Yeah. And uh, so I mean it, it was fun, and the kids that did engage, and, and and you just learned techniques. Like okay, this didn't work. This worked better. Mm-hmm. Um, like some some teachers turned off chat, for instance. Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. understood that. Why would you turn off the chat function? Well, like, maybe I don't know if people say something. Well. I don't know. I, 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 I trusted the seniors to like be okay. And don't get yeah. me wrong, like and, and, and we would still have those moments because I think some of the most fun moments I have is when kids say like outrageous things. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is funny. It's just hilarious. And oh, yeah. so are you, are you <laughs> <laughs> definitely those moments. Yeah. Are, are you are you gonna be uh online next semester? Are you gonna be in person? God, I hope not. As of now, fingers crossed. Uh-huh. I mean Delta variant not notwithstanding, <laughs> uh we should be in person. We'll okay. be masked up probably, but whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is but what it is. the plan is to be in person. Okay. You should get some funny like philosophy meme mask. I am a hundred percent yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm counting on that. I've already got my Halloween costume picked out. Uh, I don't know if you guys are into anime at all. Uh, no. I yeah. watched I watched the Death Note and then I'm I watched. A Subaru uh, oh, I, I I have I have a Death Note like an actual like. Death oh Note. really? I plan to use that for a lesson too. Have you ever seen The Great Pretender? I think no. we talked about it. It's you should watch it it's on Netflix. The Great Pretender, it's amazing, uh, like amazing, amazing uh, film, like oh. amazing, amazingly shot in a way. The Great Pretender. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. My my roommate from college, she kind of got me into like a few anime. Like he made me watch some stuff, but I don't mm-hmm. really watch. On my own. But yeah. Well, I, I'm going to be a character from Naruto who has this mask. His name is uh, Kakashi. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's okay. Uh, one of Naruto's teachers. I thought it'd be appropriate. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, uh, yeah. No, no. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to ask outside of um, like outside of teaching during COVID, how just was like the lockdown and just all that stuff for you? Are you was it kind of just like, fine. Some people, it, you know, threw them for a loop. I don't know how much it affected you, really. Me personally, it came in waves. Like mm-hmm. some uh, some months, I'd be totally okay and chill. Other months, yeah. I'd be really itching to get social interaction. But I kind of approached it with a very stoic mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically just read a whole bunch and mostly just read and exercise. Mostly, mm-hmm. it was almost like it was like a, monos- a monastic lifestyle. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh here, here, uh, here comes the flex. How many books did I read in 2020? Like <laughs> the, when the pandemic started, <laughs> I read 27 books. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's more than see. You have books a month. you have Chads and Brads that talk about different things, like how many people they had intercourse with, and then you have <laughs> oh they do talk about and that. And then you have smart people saying how many books, books they, they read. read, and that's more important. Yeah, because you don't get STDs. That's true. You get knowledge. It'd be very hard <laughs> to get STDs from a book. I agree. Because <laughs> that's never happened. You'd have Maybe. to really, really try to <laughs> accomplish something. Like that. <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, so, and then outside of teaching, any other projects you're working on right now? Well, I mean, the big, I mean, right now between uh, grad school right. and uh, and uh, school, that's all my time. And then this yeah. summer, I did, did traveling. I was in Mexico for a number of Oh, weeks. that's right. Yeah. I was in Mexico. Well, amazing. I, I loved it. I haven't been down there in years. Okay. Uh, not since I was your age, actually. Oh. And uh, I loved it. It was great. Visited family, nice. toured uh, the state of Jalisco. It's like Western Mexico. Nice. Like central okay. uh, Western Mexico. And were you born in Mexico or were you born in America? I was born here, but my, oh, nice. my family's from Mexico. Cool. And... Uh, yeah, it's just yeah, you know, and, and this sounds weird to say, but sometimes like people, especially students, forget that I'm Mexican. Yeah, and that's like a really weird thing to say. But like sometimes, like it, it does come up to like, oh yeah, huh, Fuentes, you're fluent in Spanish. That's so weird. Uh, <laughs> so that's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, I remember when I taught, you know, uh, ninth graders. Like every year, I could tell like what chapter in the book they were in when like a crowd of like ninth graders come up. Like, Fuentes, you know your name means fountain. <laughs> 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 yes, child, I speak Spanish. I know. That's funny. That's really funny. I, I learned Spanish for three years. Nothing. 
Who would you have, Palacios or? I had uh, Miss Rodriguez. Miss Rodriguez. She just go. I just me as I can pen. I don't see it. Uh, Miss Rodriguez. I had Mr. Rodriguez, and then I had uh, a summer class for Spanish two. Right on. Okay. Spani- Mr. Rodriguez for Spanish three. Right on. Oh, anyway, Spanish. Yeah. I just and I never clicked. Never clicked. Never for me. clicked. I got an F. I got a D. Then I got an F. <laughs> in uh, yeah, a Spanish one was fine. I got through that easy. And then Spanish two, I had Miss Rodriguez, and I got a C first semester, amazing. Then I got a D second semester, and then they put me in Spanish three. Oh, after I I barely passed Spanish uh, Spanish two, so that was a complete train wreck. Qué lástima. I don't know. Adios míos. Adios míos. Me gusta comer niños chicos gordos. Okay. Yeah. Daniel knows uh, Hebrew. I do know Hebrew. That's I, interesting. Hebrew. Oh, you're fluent Hebrew. Okay, yeah. Right he was yeah. trying to teach me Hebrew recently. Yeah. I, I got to learn more, but you do. You want to give us a quick, quick, quick lesson before we sign off? It's ba with finger, batachat, which oh. is in in the butt. God, I say chocolate stick. <laughs> That's what Mateus would always tell me. Can you say it all together? Oh, Mateus, Mateus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just go, I don't know. It's ba batachat, chocolate stick. And, and what does that mean? It means finger in the butt makes a chocolate stick. That sounds like Mateus. We're, ta- we're, we're talking about uh, uh, Mateus class 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, it, does he watch the? Uh, does he listen to the podcast? I yeah. don't know, but I hope so. Dude, you want to hear a funny story about him? Yeah, yeah sure. So this is back. Uh, he, he, so when I was in the twelfth grade, he was going out with this uh, girl, Amanda, Amanda Warnick. Uh huh. And I remember, <laughs> I was such an asshole. Uh, I remember that. Well, okay, no, this is not my fault. In fact, I did the right thing. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they they were like making out, like full on, like eating each other's faces in the oh. middle of E Hall, like right at the oh, entrance. Oh. And like people are just kind of awkwardly avoiding them, right? That's like, so okay, weird. Let me just kind of like, you know, they're just they're just all in, you know, in their own world, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm an adult. I should probably do something. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, still, I still remember I got up right. Ne- they're not paying attention to anything. They're just macking out. And I get up right next to them and I just clap very loudly. Here, let me let me get to the mic. <laughs> you are in school. <laughs> <laughs> They look very startled, uh, and then they got you know beat red and embarrassed. It's like they suddenly got self conscious. That's hilarious. Uh, PBA and E Hall. And and and, and, yeah. and, I, and I walked away cackling, you know, Mateus, fuck you, Puentes. <laughs> and then I used him as an example the next period because we were talking about the gaze of the other, and I said, "See, Mateus, you didn't feel self conscious until you were oh first looking." At That's you. funny. That's so funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I mean, it's it's past eleven. I know oh, you got to go. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, okay. Well, I I do have to get going soon. But are there any last minute like questions? Anything you're dying to? Uh... No, no. I think uh, this was I a good first good, episode. Yeah. We're definitely we'll definitely have you on at some point in the future. Sure. I mean, yeah, we, we kind of meandered, went through a bunch of subjects, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. if you ever want to talk about something specific, you know, let me know. We will definitely, we'll yeah. definitely. Uh, if you if you enjoyed this episode, guys, make sure you leave a like. Yeah. Uh, leave a review. Say you love Mr. Fuentes, and we'll have him on again. Orin, you want to come here? Um, but uh, yeah, Orin. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many Spotify, more. Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Podcast.com, Google Podcasts, yeah. uh, Twitch, not on Twitch. <laughs> not on Twitch, not on no, Twitch. I definitely, I definitely think this was a great podcast, and yeah. well, I'm th- looking th- forward to many more. Well, thank you, boys, so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yep. And, and it's nice, and if I can just say one final of thing. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah take your time. It's so, uh, for me, it's so wonderful. It's such a gift to be able to see, again, kids that I knew since mm. you were like this like snot-nosed 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Like, growing up, like really finding your yeah. own way. And maybe you feel like you're still very immature. Yeah. Um, but like you're figuring it out. Like you're very quickly, yeah, legally you're an adult, mm. and you're very quickly figuring that. And then to me, to be able to, to see that is, is a really wonderful thing. So I'm thankful that you guys yeah. had me over. I appreciate well, thank, it. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, and just because this really tickles me. Uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, the Burts, uh, Sid and Will. <laughs> <laughs> If you're uh, yep, <laughs> shout out. The Burks. podcast is finally here <laughs> yeah, with yeah, Mr. Yeah. Fuentes. So, <laughs> all right. Anyway, well, anyways, we're gonna do a traditional fist bump. We're gonna all fist bump each other, the same place, same time. In. Like one, one fist bump. And we one all have bump. to Ready? connect at the same time. Okay.
Okay, ready? One, All right, one, two, two three. three. All right. All right. Anyway, great. see you guys later. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, boys. Bye. <laughs> oh, the famous bye. Bye.